an interesting thing to do but I no think. no just uh first of all he's going live and he wants oh, you yeah. to like be in mid-sentence when he goes live that's how it happens yeah uh, hey what's up to all our side picks and henchmen out there <laughs> he muted himself oh very good what's up to our sidekicks and henchmen the henchmen out there in the geek nation jd yeah. has muted himself i could actually see Hello? the picture oh, of his okay. mic. there it is please come back uh i moved the mic and that unplugged it i'm a oh, I got samuel I mean, david says hello everyone good morning Hello. And Robert Monroe Jr. says, good morning, fellas. Max says, hey, friends. Look at all these people joining us. This is fantastic. I love it. Um, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight says, hello. Yeah. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen in the Geek Nation? You're watching the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, wherein we will talk about this week's books and maybe a little bit of gutter talk at the end, which we have not decided on, so we'll play it by ear. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. You can call me JD or Jadles. With me this week is... Brian, me, and then Noel. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, so <laughs> we have a letter. It's from the Home Dad Abroad. Oh, excellent. Dear gents of many undebates, I am so abysmally sorry to have to call this out to your collective attention, especially it as, a, as it is a throwaway moment during a very special and rare St. Saucy-inspired stream of excited prattle about film festival-style sleep aids, but your divergence into the film the Birdcage, a decent comedy of errors surrounding the uncomfortable tensions of an ultra-conservative family meeting the flamboyantly homosexual parents of two bland college kids in love in the gay district of Miami, stuck in my crawl just a bit. The Birdcage had an excellent cast, barring, barring the bland performance of the children, and some good dialogue and ad-libs. However, your delight at such brilliant moments as piercing the toast are, sadly, mistaken. Perhaps the specific wording of the phrase, I pierced the toast, was an inspired bit of wordplay from a pair of masters of the craft, but the actions themselves were in the script. I know this not by leafing through stacks of film scripts during my morning constitutional, or by scouring the internet for the slightest chance of throwing a spanner in the works of your smooth as silk podcast, but simply because, as credited at the top of the end credits of The Birdcage, the film was a direct remake of the original script of a French play that was turned into a French film in the late 1970s called La Cage à Fowl? I don't know how to pronounce that. La Cage à Fowl. La Cage à Fowl. Yeah. Which translates the quite literally the as The Birdcage. Yeah. The Cage of the Fowl, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw this film Fowl as one of the... First of a set of three films my parents rented on our very first night on our very first brand spanking new VCR, replete with subtitles. Wow, you must be saying, right at this moment as JD reads this email in an awesomely awesome tinny faraway filter. That home dad abroad has such a great memory. Thank you. I do. Alas, this was not the reason I know this bit of trivia. In a fit of coincidental convergence, just a few short weeks ago, my wife and I decided to share with our little half-French spawn a film we both saw as kids and remembered fondly. So we held our own little themed film festival with a back-to-back -back showing of... Le Cajofo. Uh, followed by 
the birdcage. Hmm. Oh, I was exactly going to do Down to the translated dialogue, which this time I could somewhat understand without subtitles. The toast scene in particular, when the French actor who incidentally wrote this film and the play and film scripts, breaks his cro oh, croquette? Cra-quat. Cray-quat. Cro uh, yeah, croak it might be, actually. and But I'm not sure. I just heard it elsewhere. C-R-A-Q-U-O-T-T-E trying to spread butter, a common French breakfast, and screams, I broke the toast! Aside from the exact mirrored scenes, set dressing, jokes, dialogue, the original film was more on point in terms of the uncomfortable situation that homosexual couples faced at the time when there was just the barest notion of acknowledgement that such people might actually exist in society, but thankfully keep out of sight. Nearly all of the power of the original social commentary was lost in the remake 20 years later, despite the still backwards American attitudes towards sexuality and family. Hmm. On the plus side, it shows a tremendous respect for the source material, a true rarity in popular entertainment. Just thought you would, or at least Brian, find it interesting. Well, you're for right. My, for my themed evening of film festivities, I once hosted a Dan Hedaya film festival. <laughs> Dan Hedaya, film festival of Joe versus the Volcano, Blood Simple, Commando, and the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Last, because no matter how much I love it, it's easy to fall asleep to. Excelsior, <laughs> the home dad abroad. P.S. The other two films of that first VCR night, in case Len is wondering, were Atlantic City with Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon and Diner by Barry Levinson. Whew, that was... Indeed. Indeed. Well, it's I'll the email's over now. Oh, <laughs> is there a PPS? Oh, here's no. Won't give up. I uh, no, the uh, the email broke my internet. Oh. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you. Well, whereas first of all, I must I must object to the term decent uh, to Birdcage because it is far better than that. Uh, to the uh, Pierce the Toast thing, you know, it's a it's a shame because it's such a great anecdote, but. <laughs> It's a shame to find that's pretty un incontrovertible evidence, right? That it maybe, was maybe maybe yeah. you had your lines crossed though. Maybe it was in the original film. It was that's a it was a, an ad lib or an accident that was recreated. So maybe. which would also both, be, right? That's like a uh, humanity saving sort of sort of reason why that could exist. Because then I was thinking like, well, this is, you know misinformation is is. All around, and it, and it has been, as long as we've been passing around information. But you're like, how does something like that get started, right? Did somebody just think it would have been cool? Did they assume that it was the case? Did they intentionally lie? But that's a, that's a much better explanation. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> interesting. Hey, good to know. You know, the truth is always good to know. So a friend of mine, this is oh. an email from Christopher St. Saucy, good night, or as one of our listeners called him, the male Karen... So a friend of mine has been having me pick up the metal covers of Dark Knight's Death Metal. You know, the ones where they are shredding. Yeah. Last night, he mentioned wanting the Robin King variant and the 1 in 25 variant from the Legends of the Dark Knights this last week. One was $18, I'm assuming, and the other one was 300 Obviously, my friend passed on both of them. But he also said the $300 one was... The, wait, the one in twenty-five cover was about a hundred bucks more expensive than it should be. Should be well, I don't. Should be compared to what? Yeah. Uh, 
I know retailers pay slightly less than what we consumers pay for the books, but I'm not sure the exact percentage. I know that if it's a $3.99 book instead of the $4.99 that we pay, that book would run about $110 with tax. Can I? That's, nope. That's about $102 for the 25 regular covers and then $8 for the actual cover you are buying. I'm assuming you charge what it costs for those regular covers because you have to spend that much to get that cover and have no guarantee you're going to sell those 24 issues. Is that how you would price it or no? All right, Noel, go ahead. Well, I, I well, he touched on it on the end too. Like it's, it's not what it's worth. It's what someone's willing to pay. And those incentive variants are based off of how much the retailer buys. And if they can't, if they don't have that many subscribers or they don't think they could sell 25 or 50 to just get one, Right. They have to mark it off. They have to mark it up based off of being able to recoup the cost of maybe having to like pulp right. twenty comics. That it's it's not it's not. Oh, you only spent four ninety nine for it, so I should, it should be four ninety nine. Like no, you spent three hundred dollars for it just to get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on my end, I don't get it. Uh, I go. I look at my list of subscribers, yeah. and if I have ten subscribers, and there is a one in 25 variant, I don't order 25 books and I don't get that variant because I'm not going to sit yeah. on all those issues in the hopes that right. someone will buy the super expensive variant cover to recoup my costs. I just don't get the variant cover. Um, not only that, I don't really believe in variant covers all that much. I like alternate covers, which, you know, DC does like you can buy, uh, I yeah. can order as many of that Robin King. Oh yeah. As, and that's the other thing. You, whatever store you went to, Saint Sauce, eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars for that variant. That variant, I could order as many of that variant as I can order the other, the regular cover. I could only order that variant if I want, and not regular cover, because there was no one in twenty-five, one in fifty, one in hundred. I could just yeah. order whatever I want. Um, so the fact that that guy is charging you eighteen dollars for that variant that he ordered for regular price seems a little sketchy to me. I mean, that's his business. Maybe he's got other other things going on, but uh, I saw Noel bought that for cover price. Yeah, I mean, so you I put it in my regular price. You put it in my box as such. I was just yeah. like, alright, this one, cool. Yeah, yeah very those, rarely. All of those death metal variants, um, except for like the 1 in 25, the, you know, the um, Doug Monkey shredding. Um, those covers are 1 in 25, and so I'm actually only selling it for well, it's to a friend. So Randy, our son, the voice of reason, the super dribble for 30 bucks. So I'm not going to put, I'm going to make a $300 variant. That seems a bit much um, because I didn't order, you know, I already had enough subscribers to order that many books. And then that qualified me for that variant. I did not order an extra 25 issues to get that variant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Would you order a couple more? Like if you had 20 subscribers, would you get the one in 25? Five? Well, if it was death metal, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But if it's like a book that doesn't really sell. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, I'm not going to order a bunch of extra issues just to get a variant cover. Because yeah. it's not like people come to me looking for super expensive variant covers. I'm not that shop because I don't right. like price gouging people. Right. So, um, so I don't know. Did that answer the question? I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wants to know how you that was a great email, Chris. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to this week's books. Hmm. Let me bring up Noel's notes. Thank you, by the way, for doing the notes every week, Noel. It really helps. You're welcome. Uh, well, thanks for doing absolutely nothing except showing I up. Mean, 
this Me? this week yeah. Brian was yeah, no this problem. week Brian was more helpful than ever when he chimed in with, "Oh, I also read those books, and how about this one?" <laughs> Just letting me know which books you want you guys want to talk about before ten fifteen a.m. Is, is just super helpful. Um, <laughs> and anything you do is wonderful. Bar super low, yeah. <laughs> it's a super low bar. Just what was it? it, it the bar went from underground to ankle deep, yeah. ankle level. So just 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 step over it, and we're good. You have on a pleasant stroll. He commented, <laughs> "Yeah, that one." My friend said the retailer was charging a speculation fee, thinking that my friend was getting it just speculating. It was gonna be worth more because it's the first cover appearance of Robin King. So that is the other thing is that like you can charge anybody anything you want for anything, and yeah. if he feels like he has something that will later increase in value, and he wants to sell it for three hundred. I mean, it gets real sketchy if he tries to convince you that this is like, oh no, you should definitely pay three hundred for this because um, it's worth this much. Maybe, but if somebody can charge whatever they want for anything, yeah. um, so, yeah. up, but what are you going to do for right so now? So people people were freaking out about the Robin King like punchline uh, a couple months ago. Hmm. So his his first appearance was in that Legends of the Dark Multiverse, yeah. Le Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights. Um, that origin story. And I liked it. So even, yeah. it was great. But even that, um, even that just normal cover, I think was going for like 20, 25 <sighs> online. Yeah, I was like, a, I mean, it's a good I, book. Am but I not if, doing this right? Should I be price gouging people? Should I be putting no. variants? No. You are also no. not gouging anybody. I think even less online. If you put something online and there's a price there, they, you're not, you're not even, uh, you're not influencing them in any way, really. You, yeah. you know, like they see it, they can buy it or not. It's very available to see if there are other cheaper things. If you're going at market rate, um, like I think your desire not to, not to take advantage of people is awesome. Um, but I don't know that this would, in all cases, be taking advantage. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere... about like the low, the really low profit margin of the books, and it's like, well, if I sell. If I sell the variant covers for exorbitant prices and people are buying them and it helps keep my shop open, am I am I the asshole? Am I the one who's like, I don't fucking my own shop? I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Like, and I've told you this before too. When I find out something that is going to potentially sell or whatnot, I usually will let you know. Like, hey, that's going for a hundred dollars online, and yeah. we could potentially just sell that for that you with, as opposed um, to the gold. The Negan uh, lives. Negan lives variant. We sold that on eBay for. I mean, we so we sold both of them, yeah. uh, one for like 150 and one for like 75. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know yeah. that's profit for the store. That's yeah. And then people are willing to buy it. Yeah. And they may be speculators, and you know, I mean, that is something that they are fully. Why is it enough? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, like if they want to pay that. Yeah. I think it only gets really sketchy if you start to. And I know you would never do this. It's just like the line. I think is if you start to either um, cherry pick from your subscribers in order to facilitate like selling elsewhere for a profit. You know, like let's say that you had the one in twenty five, and it was like prepared to go to somebody that had ordered it, and you were like, uh, yeah. "I'm just oh. going to go ahead and sell that one online and let them know it's not yeah. available." That would like, be going that's the line. That's when you. That's yeah. when you start to gouge your. Oh, your subscribers, yeah, that. people that are, that's, that's, but everything above that though, I, I honestly think it's pretty fair game. Like you're keeping yeah. a shop open. If you want to sell something online as opposed to on your racks because it's a larger audience, do it. 
my main concern when it comes to speculation and these variants and all that sort of stuff or things that go up in price, like the first appearance of Punchline, is I want to make sure that the kids who come into the shop are able to buy a comic book that they want to read because they are engaged in the in the experience. They like coming to a shop. They want to read the story because they're curious about Punchline. If I get a if I get a um, a hint that someone is coming into my shop for speculation reasons because they can sell it on eBay the next day for however much, yeah. um, that's where I sort of draw the line. That's why I don't let people like if there's a big book like let's say Punchline um, or Robin King. You you can't buy a stack of that book off my shelf. You can't just be like, boop. Yeah. I would yeah. like I would like five copies of this because yeah. yeah. I want to make sure that people who want to read the book can read the book. That's what we're here for. We're not here to um, sort of line our pockets. It's to share the love of the medium and storytelling and and all that sort of stuff. I but I think actually you're not like doing what you do is is good. But the the variant thing, if you have a variant up in your store for a hundred bucks. Um, and some kid, and it's the last one you've got, and some kid comes in, and they're like, oh, I really would like to read that, but I only have 30 bucks. You can sell it to them for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, if anything, they would think that was awesome. There have been times, because usually uh, the variant variants, not the order as many as you want variants, but like right. other kind of variants, I usually put up for like 10 bucks maybe. Yeah. Um, and then if someone comes in, and it's the last copy of that book, and they're like, oh, do you have Green Lantern Season 2, Number 3, and I have the variant, um, I'll just sell it to him for probably cover price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, action figure expert. Hello. What's up? What's going on with DC comics? Uh, Christopher St. Saucy says, what do you mean? We, Oh, uh, Noel said, well, we could sell it. And oh, because oh, I mean, literally I mean, Noel putting it on eBay for me yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't know how eBay works very well. <laughs> and, and, and maybe, we, yeah, I was like, I, I, uh, I was the, uh, uh, facilitator of the sale. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. He was my middle uh, Yeah. <laughs> I was a shark. Um, <laughs> as opposed to uh, what's going on in DC, maybe we'll have time to talk about it after the book. That'll be the Gutter Talk sec section, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Great, I'm glad someone brought it up because we didn't have an idea for Gutter Talk. It's very obvious. Thank you so much. <laughs> Noble is a regular subscriber who gets these books regardless. My buddy usually gets his books on Comixology and was requesting that specific cover. So I get that the retailer is reasonable in assuming yeah. that it's yeah. a speculator. Yeah. 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 Ah, yeah. um, Samuel David, he says you are awesome, JD, and that's why you have such a loyal following. Yeah. I mean, I'm not loyal. I'm yeah. using you. That's yeah. Right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why yet, uh, but it's, what, it's gonna what, pay off. You got eyes in the fire. Says, it's gonna it's pay what off. They're selling for people expect to pay more for those. You are not doing anything wrong. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah, I think try to be as fair as possible. That's all. This um, where it comes in, but yeah. Let's talk about the books. Let's talk comics. What are we gonna start? Death Metal, with? I think, is first. All right. You're not wrong. Death, Dark Knights, Death Metal, number three, written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo. <laughs> all aboard! When the Justice League launches its assault on New Apocalypse, the team's goal is to free Superman from his solar prison, but it's all going off the rails. When they learn that the Man of Steel is gone for good thanks to the anti-life equation, the deep secret of the darkest night is revealed. But how much darker could the Batman Who Laughs possibly get? And don't miss the surprise return of everyone's favorite wannabe Robin. Uh, that was my favorite part of the book. I was very yeah. excited to see a, a new favorite character from the Justice League run show up. I was very stoked. 
Yeah, yeah, that was. Spoils are, are we are we spoiling it? Should we? I mean, what's the what's the overlap of the people that read the ju- whole Justice League run, right? And then also this, and cared enough about that character like I did or we did. Okay, good. Jaro's back. Yeah, Jaro's Jaro. back. He disappeared, and my life got darker. Yeah. Now he's back, yeah. and things make me happy. He's he's the only Robin that's ever gotten um, a hug out of Batman. In my head canon, they have a much more emotional relationship than the people he's actually adopted. <laughs> well, he's also, I mean, Jaro is very emotionally open and calls him, you know, dad and papa and like, like he, you know, he goes in for the hugs. It's yeah. not like all the other Robins are running up into Batman's arms being like, squeeze me, daddy. Yeah, and he's, and he's, uh, he has worn Batman down to the point where he's just like, all right, cool, but not in front of Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jaro is a uh, a character. It stemmed from No Justice, which was the yeah. Justice League miniseries that started. That was like four issues right before Scott Snyder's Justice League run. Which now it's you know I was telling JD earlier I very much hated, but now as time is passing and like this is this is showing to be like you know the end of that run or the, the at least the next step of that run, I'm starting to think of it in a, in a brighter light of, oh, it was just groundwork for something mm-hmm. else as opposed to not actually having an ending. But um, yeah, in that star, in that series, Starro sacrificed himself for the greater good and a small piece of him was saved by Batman and then Batman raised that small piece of of him in a jar and named it Jaro, and then when it became sentient, it considered him a father and wanted to become a Robin. And it was just this whole wonderful subplot in the back of that series that just was the best part of it. It was just straight yeah, up the best. Part. Literally, the only part I had an emotional attachment to yeah. was Jaro. <laughs> um, what did you think of the issue? Uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, I, I didn't pick up on it at the time, but now that we're reviewing, it opens with the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman robot crashed on the planet. And to a degree, I think maybe that is one of the failings of this or maybe a bunch of Scott Snyder's work is where, like, the last issue ended with them taking off in this robot. And then the next one is it's already crashed. And you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a real frenetic style to this book. Uh, and actually, I, it was the first one, too. Having, like, now having read it recently, the first series, the metal, mm-hmm. it's, they do that. He does that a lot. It's a lot of smash cuts, almost just, like, mm-hmm. quick editing and quick pacing. It's just, like, you, you. last thing you know is that was that. We quick cut to it crashed. Like, there's... Yeah. He... I don't know if it's... Um, if he's just... Excising the fat, or if there's so much to do, or if that's just a choice of this is a music video and it's frenetic and it's crazy and that's unnecessary and just cut, cut, cut. I don't know. Is it possible that he writes that way for this big event Mm -hmm. so that there are things to tell in between so they can do all their little one, you know, their little mini series and their little one off? That's a good point. That's a good point. But I don't know. Find out in this issue what happened to the robot. Right, the robot. Also, to this this one, so they they I guess they baked in a, a skip month. So it's issues one through three, and then next month there's no 
issue yeah. of the main book. Oh. But there's like four tie-ins. Ah. Just like four tie-in one-shots. Yeah. So there's a couple things in here. Because also, too, like in this issue, we get they free the rest of the heroes that were that were in, imprisoned. So, so hang around. Just yeah. They're just standing yeah, around Eddie. Like, room. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Now that you've opened that door, we're all fine. I got to tell you, I loved, loved the artwork, or it actually is more so the coloring of the whole apocalypse sequence yeah. with Superman in the impossible yeah. machine. Or is it the impossible machine? The no, I think that's a different machine. <laughs> that's a, oh no, I was thinking of the miracle it's machine. The, it's the improbable miracle machine. The improbable sorry. Machine. The, this art, the coloring and the art style for the, like, Greg Capullo did some yeah. really, really fun stuff. Even even yeah. the acting. Like, this whole yeah. sequence is just awesome. Yeah. Is that supposed to... Is that supposed I don't know. To this is... Oh, the anti-monitor? Yes. Ooh, I didn't catch that until you were just holding it up. Uh, I didn't catch yeah. it until I just looked at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, yeah. look at the anti-monitor. Yeah, yeah I didn't read it. Because it's a dark... It's a dark yeah. side Batman. This is so yeah. stupid on paper. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. That was a cool sequence too. I liked how Batman got out of that one. He's like, "Oh, I have something that controls the dead." What do you What do you got there, JD? I like I like uh, Harley Quinn's Swamp Thing cake pop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. He he becomes a, he becomes her mallet. It's so weird. Yeah. Also, too, like in the background when she uses it, there's a little word balloons of "ow, ow." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this book is awesome. That's my I, thing. I, that's my face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you would have told me three years, three years ago, four years ago, the sequ- I would be truly enjoying the sequel to Death, Dark Knight's Metal. I would yeah. probably tell you you're stupid. Yeah, I am. Yeah, uh, but this you, are the stupid one, Noel. It is. I stupid. am the stupid one. Oh, and I wasn't ready for a Batman. That we get there for a minute. That's always fun. Which one? In the very beginning, one of the three. You got Brainiac and Red Lantern. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Oh, uh, it's something like uh, Night Glider. Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's some. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is just uh, great. And and like a suicide bombing zombie uh, Jonah Hex. Oh, right. That book is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, maybe the Batman who laughs now, or the Darkest Night, is now somebody who I'm not like. Ugh, he's there again. Is do you? I, I think maybe I think maybe I'm enjoying this so much because it's so weird. Mm. Maybe and maybe it's just a product of life in the world right now. Mm. That just the disgusting to the wall craziness is yeah. like yeah. That's a good point. If like you know, I've been my wife my wife commented that I spend a lot of time on TikTok these days and my response was yeah, but it doesn't give me anxiety. Um, <laughs> Facebook. When I scroll through Facebook, yeah, it it it, it upsets me, and it's not. Be- sometimes it's because there's dumb people, and sometimes it's just because I'm learning about the news that's happening in the world, and right. the news hurts these days. Um, so TikTok, you just scroll, and it's people making dumb videos and limp syncing and doing dance routines. And, it, and, and making jokes and stuff like that. And it's just, it's kind of vapid. There's occasionally some, you know, interesting stuff on there, but it's pretty vapid. And that's why I spend so much time on TikTok these days. Mm. And that's a great point about this specific book is that it's so big and it's so dumb. Yeah. But it's, it's popcorn, right? It's just DC yeah. characters doing DC Comics character stuff. You know, like, just, yeah. I've been reading a lot more, I guess, yeah, a lot more silly things, I guess. Yeah. You know, like... I mean, I just housed Power Rangers 
and Dark Knight's Metal, and I read the first trade of Gwenpool. These are things that I would never have even really tried, yeah. but we're at this, like, you know, anything in arm's length that feels like a pure distraction. Yeah. I'm, I'm reaching for. Yeah. Nice. And this uh, is definitely Ad- benefiting. Patron of the show, Adam Aiello. 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 Adam Aiello. Does anyone else think Brian looks kind of like Sebastian Stan, or is it just me? A little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I assume, you know, people people like that. Well, he thinks Sebastian Stan is hideous, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That monster. I mean, mean, one, yes, you do. Two, ugliest person I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, next to me. Next to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. it's... uh, it's right. it's a uh, it's gradients of, of gray. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, yeah, I like that even more than Sebastian Stan. If you can. Yeah. Chris. Chris says, uh, I think he looks like a bearded Superman. Mm, thank you. What it's, era? That it's that jaw and that chin. You got that. Mm. Is this because well, he had a spit curl last week? And you're just like. Oh, it does that actually by itself. It sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But. Uh, that was the first hair that ever that ever grew. Rest, in, I'm told the rest of us just need haircuts and to shave. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> I, uh, I I would so like a more handsome face. face. Oh, thank you, Adam. You got yeah, that. I mean, is there? Can I get that on Amazon? Can I order that yeah. somewhere? Yeah. What are you What are you looking for? A more oh, handsome that. face. Oh wait, what? Oh, sorry, handsome face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, Chris Ingsalls, he says, "I stopped reading Justice League, but I do enjoy Jaro." Yeah. I get stopping Justice League. Uh, I, I'm yeah. the only one that stuck with it all yeah. 39 issues. <laughs> the, the, the history of Justice League written by Scott Snyder is, uh, with, within the confines of our friendship in this show, is Noel reads it, and he describes it to me, and I go, that sounds, that cool. sounds so cool. <laughs> and then I read it, and I go, eh. <laughs> But this is different. This is like Noel had just said, like, on paper, it sounds one way. And then here it is, a lot of fun, which is an interesting sort of juxtaposition to that, you know, where you would describe it to him, and then on on the actual paper of comic pages, you were like, eh. yeah, it was, it yeah. just it didn't it didn't work. What's happening here? What's the Lobo sequence? So he's in the fifth dimension, which the I mix- also kind of like. How's he taking out all those fifth dimensional Mixias Pitalik type imps with bullets? Gun, you know, he's Lobo. He's not. He's not a. Uh, is it a is it a fifth dimension gun? Well, I imagine it would look. It's a good point, but or or are they all playing around because they're playing war? Like I, it, it could ah, just be anything. Yeah, that is also maybe they're not dead. That is possible, and and I don't know that they are all like Mixias Pitalik. I'm not sure, but the playing around seems even more. Like- <laughs> how do you say, how do you say Mixias Pitalik backwards? Clip is Ixum. I assume. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have one more question with regard to the actual book we're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay, so they break, they break through, and oh, there's all our friends. They're just hanging there, waiting to be right. discovered. Right. All Kevin Maguire style. Yeah, just standing <laughs> together, not socially distancing, and then. This guy starts talking. Yeah. Who's that guy? Oh, could so that you... be Jonah Hex, actually? Like, could be what? Jonah Hex? What did I miss? He's got, an, old, he's got an old-timey duster on. He's got, a, like, a scarf. Yeah. Uh, what are those oh, things? shit. Oh. It is. And Hex he blew himself, blew himself up. up. But Batman can reform him. Well, also, he was a zombie. He was already dead. Right. Okay, yeah. Oh, I bet it is. 
Oh, <laughs> I like that. Here, there's something on your face. That's my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. I love, I love it. I love it. This is All a good right. book. I like this. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. All right. You. I'll tell you, Empire Number no. 5 by Al Ewing and Dan Slott with art by Valerio Shidi. Love and war in the midst of cosmic cataclysm. One fan-favorite Marvel hero reveals their secret as another faces the ultimate showdown with a monstrous foe. Meanwhile, an outer space jailbreak leads to a trial by combat you'll have to see to believe. But is it all too late to save Earth from two world-ending threats at once? Eh, I mean, probably not. It's, yeah, I bet they'll do it. Yeah, they'll probably. I think time left. I think the Earth is done. You think that's uh, it for this? Over? Yeah, I think it's gonna yeah. be over. You know what? That might be the case. Hmm. Eh. They're gonna raise the Earth and just regrow. Kajabi. Yeah. <laughs> it had a good run, humanity. Yeah, yeah I mean, six one six. Six one six needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, I, I loved this issue. Tell me more. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I, we've been enjoying this all the way through, and, and it's just been like, you know, the first issue was like, oh, right, cool, that's all shit that we knew from the 14 pre-issues. Yeah. It, it, it started to gain steam, and it was just enjoyable. For some reason, this issue just, like, amps it up hard, like, mm. as a penultimate issue, because it ends, it ends at six. And I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, everything, everything popped off in the right way, like... Um, and it was all framed by Teddy or uh, the Wiccan telling the story of when mm. they got married, which was mm. literally like in the timeline a day ago or two days ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was, there's this sweet story and then they keep going back and forth to Wakanda where all this terrible stuff is happening. And it was just paced so incredibly well to, to the point where, so a lot of comics will only escalate in one way and then tell you something else else where this one was able to juggle both emotional escalation and literal action and stakes escalation at the same time, juxtaposing the two of them against each other. And it was just super successful. Like I, I really, really enjoyed this. Like by the end of it, when, when um, the thing was doing his, Ooh. I got to just keep standing up. Yeah. It's getting destroyed. I got to just keep standing up. I was like, that was really, really effective because <laughs> It was being, it was being laid against you know, this man's husband being captured, and then they go and confront, and then it ended with that great like, oh, I told you my plan because I already, I already did it. Right. And you're like ah, like this was yeah, a great that, issue. The Watchmen, the um, the Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I only thing like that reveal. Sometimes that kind of thing can get like repetitive but i'm that one's still getting me where i'm like oh they already did it oh there's there is there's there was one thing in the art that i did not understand Ooh, so no. all of all of these so when they reveal that uh teddy is actually had been captured man in iron mask style and mm -hmm. he wasn't himself when he made the poor decisions uh clerk the super scroll they have him kind of saying oh no i failed him again Mm -hmm. Whereas everyone else is like, oh yeah, no, we knew he was, we knew he was captured because fuck him. But then when they do the whole like fight sla uh, splash page later, yeah, Clert is with them. Yeah, like I'm gonna yeah. go get the good guys. So well, I think it was an accident. Okay, so what the other people are saying is fake news. Uh, the heroes show up and look. Here's here's the real um, um, Teddy. Here's the real Teddy. 
and um, you you had him locked up. He's 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 the imposter, uh, and so you know he goes, oh shit, oh no, what did I do? But then the other guy who seems a little bit more uh, a little bit more backbone, despite being wrong, is like, nah, fake news. That's not him. That's the real guy. This is an imposter. Let's fight him. So then I guess it's just him going and be like, well, oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, well, the other guy knows. Uh, I. What's his name? Glory, uh, Glory, Glory, right, right. Glory. Glory. Um, Which, by the way, I love that suit. Oh, that is cool. That's a cool suit. But, but even so, like so, <clears throat> so Clerk kind of believes at first. Yeah. And Teddy's even wearing like can't fake it. They they in dialogue kind of say like, oh, it's a it's a uh, prevents you from shape shifting right, right. mask or blah blah blah. So it's yeah, like you know, it can't fake who he that. is. Right. Huh. Is it that, or is that just a mask that they put on him and said it's a shapeshift? You, you know, what no, I mean? it's it says it's, it's to is. hide, yeah. like the, the they they say in dialogue that mask is set to hide um, hide identity and prevent him from shifting. Yeah, right. But who says that? I, Wiccan says that. Oh. I, uh, right. Yeah. right. So it's more fake news, right? Um, oh, if we right, take right. a look, if we take a look at the words right. "fake news" and how far people will go to defend what they think or to you know to bastardize what they think is fake news, right? I don't know. I, I think it was. I I personally think it was just kind of a little bit of a waste. The idea of so earlier in the series they set up Super Scroll. Super Scroll is the person that killed Teddy's mother. Teddy's uh, oh, a, yeah. a surrogate mother. And in this series, maybe it was in the Celestial Messiah issue. Either way. Um, Teddy immediately knocks his ass out. Like, yeah. we're doing this for a bigger reason than you and I, but just know I'm not, you know, yeah, yeah. you killed my mother and come up and so setting up, if they were going to set up a scenario where Clert is fighting with him or is the only one that believes that that's actually him that had emotional resonance. So I was just like, and then yeah. two pages later, he's in the splash page with the bad guys. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, but maybe I mean, that I, is setting, that's still setting the scene for his. Sure. Eventually. I just thought I thought the beat happened already. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if it hasn't happened already, then it was just like, all right. I mean, I wonder. Okay. I feel like that was just to show. I hope him, so. Him sort of the crack in his armor, being like, "Oh, maybe, maybe uh, I don't shit." I, yeah, I also yeah. really enjoyed that scene for the um, the like plot reasons. Like, I thought it was a really cool idea that. We see Wiccan preparing to teleport to him, and then we're like, oh, right, he would be teleported to the real one, mm-hmm. and it is all coming out right now. It's not, I mean, you're right, it is only one more issue, but uh, I like the rapidity with which he was, somebody assumed his identity, and then he was no longer in yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and it tied it in with their... They, um, they made the marriage have an actual plot reason, not just mm. a... yeah. A um of uh what's the word I'm looking for like a like a feel good media a media manipulation uh, of a, like it wasn't just a novelty like yeah. the fact that they got married uh, in like a shotgun wedding propelled the plot because yeah his magic is based off of wor- like his magic is based off of language and words mm-hmm. so binding himself with Teddy via the word marriage and and yeah. And, yeah. That was cool. and commitment. Yeah, binded his magic to him, no matter where he is in the universe. Yeah, which is like a really, really good plot uh, reason to 
to propel this relationship and tell that little that quick story. This was great. This is really fun. The more I talk yeah. about it too, the more I'm really liking it. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that reveal last issue of them having been married because it seemed like um, they could have done more with it, mm-hmm. um, made a bigger deal of it, as mm-hmm. opposed to being like, "Oh, this happened." Yeah. Which, but but in retrospect, I like that. Yeah, yeah. and and I also too like I think even in this issue they show a bunch of ads for things coming out. They had all of these like wedding specials and shit planned. It's just mm-hmm. they kept it as a secret to the plot of this as to not ruin it. Oh. So like I think they're going to go back and tell all those stories of oh, of cool. their wedding and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, the what armor. Do you guys think yeah. of Reed's Iron Man armor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's cool looking. Yeah, it's cool looking, and he's it's Reed Richards in uh, Tony Stark armor. That's uh, got to be mean, worth just. It. Just tell me why. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there it is. That's what yeah. I had my finger out to be like. But why? What do we think? Right. What's the purpose? Right. So yeah. We'll find out. Um. Yeah, and also like this is this is this is a uh, classic penultimate issue scenario yeah. where everything <laughs> Epic, uh, everything one before number six. Yeah, the, the classic yeah. fifth of six issues yeah. uh, where literally everything is gone is lost is wrong like the world is about to get raised wakanda has fallen um uh wiccan and teddy are about to get their asses handed to them uh and the the world is the world is essentially about to end on two fronts yeah and uh and uh t'challa gets stabbed in the chest I mean, Tony Stark even says nine minutes to save the world twice over. You're spot on. Nolan. Yeah, yeah. What is yeah. it? It's a, a ten minutes. Ten minutes until the bomb goes off. Nine minutes until that yeah. that seed uh, yeah. sprouts. So it's like, meh. You got about got about eight and a half, nine minutes to save the world twice. Yeah. Why did Katati even come to Earth? There's got to be vibranium elsewhere, right? This this is a meteor from space. Do they not know where anymore is? Is it that rare? Mm. I guess it is. Right. The Venn diagram of perfect <laughs> scenarios, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the planet that has done nothing but housed <laughs> our aggressors and uh, <laughs> and a uh, very you know rich, very vibranium rich soil. It's just like I mean, mm, it well. takes a bunch of boxes. Also, too, yeah. like we know now, we know that um one of the larger kind of aggressors of all of this is that Katati swordsman who's trying to prove something. That's a good to point. Himself constantly, yeah. So and him kind of yeah. behind the scenes manipulating is, yeah. And taking out all of Earth's superhumans. Earth superhumans are not going to let you get away with uh, destroying all the rest of the life in the universe. So yeah, maybe it is a good point. Oh, I, I didn't see this before, guys. The, uh, yeah, the, the sketches cool. in the back, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense that you would want to also be able to utilize Reed's regular power. Of Does the armor itself stretch or just like the in-between yeah. sections? Uh like, Oh, like is that just blue metal on unstable yeah. molecule fabric? Yeah, like unstable suit and then pieces. Well, can you make can you make armor out of unstable molecules? Sure. Yeah. yeah do, you need do you need? <laughs> At that point, do you need armor? Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever read uh, uh, Big Town? Now that since JD's walked away, it was a cool idea where it was like, what if the Fantastic Four had just Every time Reed invented something, they released that technology to the world, and it transformed society. Like, why does Reed keep all these inventions to himself? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, no, I never read that, but that does, that yeah. totally reminds me of. Um, do you, Do you remember uh, Superior Spider Man? 
Oh, no, not Spider-Man. Sorry, Superior Iron Man. Tom Taylor did like 11 issues of, of, you know, bad Tony Stark. But the very first, um, the first arc had to do with uh, the democratizing the extremist virus. So he made it available to everyone to recode their own like biology to be superheroes or monsters or whatever they want, but then made it available only through a paywall on an app. So these people got superpowers and whatever they wanted, but then after like a day, it's just like, oh, actually, you have to pay. You have to keep paying for it, and it's like ten thousand dollars a day. So yeah, that's like selling a book. It's like (laughs) the way worse version of version of what you were worried about, JD. (laughs) <laughs> with uh, yeah. speculator comics, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would suck so much. Oh, that Doctor Doom, or no, that evil Tony Stark. Sorry, I really like that thing um, sequence. I felt it. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's going up against She Hulk, who has become who apparently I didn't realize is dead. They say straight that she's up dead. dead. She'll be fine. No, she'll, she's fine. She's, she'll be all right. <laughs> um, and because um, I know I know she's got a series coming up called Immortal She Hulk. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so I guess I can't die. I'm the immortal thing. Put up your nukes. I, I just, it felt like such a great Ben Grant scene. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys read Immortal Hulk? No. I was, and then I dropped off. Yeah. So I, I, uh, yeah. I've been catching up. I'm like on issue 12 or 13. The, the conceit is that Bruce Banner can die and constantly keeps dying, but it's the Hulk that is immortal. Yeah. So I think they're just doing it with She-Hulk. Like Jennifer Walters is is gonna die is dead, mm-hmm. but when that thing comes out or when that thing stops possessing her, She-Hulk will revive her, and it'll be like a day and night thing, like Hulk. Mm-hmm. And and in I think in the in the current book in Immortal Hulk, they make up like a a brief kind of uh, allusion to She-Hulk has died before. Especially recently in Civil War Two, mm-hmm. so you remember like it all popped off because she was exploded by, like uh, no, I mean, Brody she, gets she Brody got with a missile, but then she was in yeah. the hospital. But she woke up a different Hulk. She became a Gray She Hulk and stuff. Uh, yeah. So the idea that and this happens too with in the Immortal Hulk. Every time that the Hulk kind of comes back, it's a different version or style. You know, like a it's either a Devil Hulk or a Smart Hulk or a Professor Hulk. Yeah. So it's, it's, they're kind of doing something like that. And I think that they're going to just try it with She-Hulk, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kill her off. Rob says, hi, Rob. Uh, Optimus Douche of the Cult Pop Podcast fame. Um, no, he's from Main of Cool News. That's probably why he's famous. But he used to be <laughs> on the show with us. And then he abandoned us forever. So cool. Mar- Marauders number 11 from Jerry Duggan and Stefano Caselli. Ooh. The thing is dead. The Marauders, the Hellfire Trading Company, all of Urkoa is reeling from the death of Kate Bride. Shoot, I forgot to read this. I was really excited to read this. You didn't read this? I forgot. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, so, we skip it? No, no, go ahead. Uh, what? How? Is, did, is Kate okay? We could just do a very general... I mean, do you want an answer? Do you want a spoiler? Yeah. There's a very large... Actually, this entire issue revolves around two very large spoilers. Yeah. So, it was good. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Art was great. Story was great and emotional. It, it like, had a couple of fist pump moments, and that's it. 
Um, oh, and there was one. Uh, there was one cool piece of information that I was hoping to share with you guys, but um, even sharing that would turn out to be a spoiler. I bet because you'd link what I was talking about. You know, is this the, the, the? I can walk. The, away. Is, it, is this the funeral? St- you're gonna you're gonna edit this later. Is this the is this the funeral stuff that you were referring to in the? It is. Uh, Nightcrawler has a reaction to a particular number. Eighteen. Yeah, 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 um, and that is uh, a a notable number uh, in some. Let's, let's do a to be continued spoiler yeah. alert. So you go ahead and read this. Next week we'll we'll mention yeah. it for like two minutes. What did you okay. think of Marauders number eleven? Because it's a really really good issue, and I don't right. even remember reading nine and ten. And Kate, I just I have such affection for Kate. Um, yeah. I've always liked Kitty Pride, and now this this grown up iteration of her as Kate Pride has really been effective. I think she's a really fantastic character. She's well, one of my favorite of this new John Hickman I mean, era. So she's dead. So yeah, you jerk. No, no, she's just she's got the cucumbers on her eyes. She's at a spa day. She's fine. Yeah, that is actually the big twist. Yeah, and she yeah, was at spa day, and it was all a dream. It's of- been a. It's been a real kvetch. It's like, <laughs> Next up, Seven Secrets, number one. By Tom Taylor and Danielle De Nicolo. Danielle De Nicolo. For centuries, the Order has trusted in keepers and holders to guard the secrets in seven briefcases against all harm. But when their stronghold is attacked and the secrets put in peril, the entire Order must face their greatest fear. An enemy who knows too much and is willing to kill them to get what he wants. Now, the Order's newest member, Casper, must discover the truth to the secrets before the enemy does. Or risk losing everything. Ooh, that sounds bad. Yeah, you don't want to lose everything. Like, even, like, most things, fine. But everything... It's even good if you lose them. I don't like to lose some things. I don't like to lose one thing. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's weight. What about weight? Yeah. I lose weight. The we horrible... Get rid of these. Weight. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me while I drink my homemade smoothie <laughs> with protein in it so I can lose weight. Full of weight. One of those. See, I've started Adderall. Oh, that'll help you lose weight, too. <laughs> yeah. I uh, was on a little of that in high school. Oh, I, I haven't slept, so that sucks. Oh, well, yeah. That's the downside, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I suppose. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe the downside, I suppose. There can be other. uh, Well, whatever. Anyway. Uh, Luckily, there was another numbers thing in this one that I thought was cool. Did you guys see the the thing at the bottom? You've got this of a a very early page. You've got this, like, hatch. Yeah. Seven different things. I was not able to confirm number four, but I was able to track down all the other ones. Um Especially that last one, Arabic, numeral seven. I was able to find out that that is actually symbolizes the number seven. Uh, so it's Roman, Greek, Chinese, I don't know, Hebrew, and Mayan, and then Arabic. Um, which I, was a fun little scavenger hunt on the internet for the, couple, the ones that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so, so this was great. Hmm. This is a James Bond cold open for, oh, I, I feel like, an all-ages-ish spy supernatural thriller. Well, um, it depends on how, how, on how all-agey you think murder yeah. is. Uh, I mean, I mean, style. 
I mean, in a, you know, 13 to 18, 13 to 25 year old kind of YA novel kind of way. YA. Not, YA yeah, novel. YA. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's, it's super Some fun. Like yeah. in, in, in less than an issue, they set up this whole paradigm of a secret society of sorts that has handlers and carriers, handlers and holders, sorry. Hmm. Um, and they're all, res- there's seven of them, seven teams all responsible for protecting a secret. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's seven MacGuffins hmm. uh, being trotted, trotted a- across the globe for whatever they are. I'm presuming all of them have to do with a specific culture. As as indicated by the numbers, yeah, um, and and in less than like five pages, we find out that six of them, or or many of them, have been taken and found. So you've got you've got like just to the roof stakes, and then you find out that it's being told in past tense by somebody who survived later. And you're like, oh shit! Like it just it keeps kind of it keeps slapping on mm-hmm. the conflict, and it's just really effective. This is a really really good kind of cold open. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot, a lot. Uh, the name Tom Taylor led me to expect a little bit more than what I got. I think I, th- my mm-hmm. own personal, just because of everything that I've read from Tom Taylor recently, I'm on a real Tom Taylor kick. Uh, I think I was expecting a little bit more from a creator-owned series from Tom Taylor. But a lot of what is effective about Tom Taylor's writing is when he takes um, uh, known characters and does the big crazy thing with them. Oh, yeah. There's a big crazy... Oh, Here's look. Oh, that's really Plastic Man, and it's a character that I know, so it's effective. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't, I don't know these characters yet. So um, we're just being introduced to them. I think it's a good, it's a great first issue. But I was expecting big and crazy, but that was my fault. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, this is a really good. My, I think I think like um, you said like James Bondy type action. Yeah, my my favorite character gets kind of killed in the oh, first yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah, they 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 set yeah. up these two amazing characters, and I'm hoping eventually you'll get like you know flashback type stories. But well, I yeah. think according to the solicit, also it's the story of uh, oh yeah, what's the his person name? we haven't who, met yet? Yeah, yeah, who's like narrating? But I assume is now. Although this was only 15 years ago, so maybe he is like one of the like, stepped into the role. As a teenager, kind of things, and it's yeah. So the, together, the, the council, the council actually says that he has to be um, raised by the council right. as a future handler or holder. Right. Yeah. yeah so it's, he will wind up with his mom who yeah. abandoned him, but yeah. So it's like a it's like a supernatural spy thriller, Harry Potter. Hmm. Interesting. What'd you think of the art? I loved it. But because I'm familiar with this artist now, oh. um, they did a, a long run or longish run on Power Rangers. Oh, okay. So, so for the Shattered Grid uh, storyline, um, it was Dan Mora and this person. Uh, because it was two books, it was the Power Rangers book and by Kyle Higgins and Danielle, or Dan- yeah, Danielle, and the Go Go Power Rangers book. By um, Ryan Parrott and Dan Mora, so I was getting this art and Dan Mora in intersecting issues, mm. and I was just like, "This is a wonderful style." And they kind of—they're not similar, but they have the same kind of energy. Yeah, 
So I was like, I, I actually, I really like her art. I believe it's a her. For some reason, this style of art is like, for some things I really like it, but it implies a certain levity to me. Mm -hmm. I find it like inescapable in like, no matter what the story is. Um, and it can feel a little less uh, impactful for that reason sometimes. Um, which is like, I, I, have, for it. I almost have an opposite reaction where because it has a, an air of levity to it, when effed up stuff happens, it uh, almost feels a little bit more jarring or raw if it's no, correctly. You know, like, yeah. like in a cartoon when somebody dies and you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect that. Whereas if it was gritty from jump, you're waiting for someone to die. Right. Oh, so I, I almost felt like it worked for the same reason. It didn't work for you. Hmm. For me. Yeah. 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 Personally. Did you like the book, Brian? I liked it. I didn't really, it didn't grab me. Like I wasn't like, Ooh, I want to know what happens. It just, and it, maybe some of that is the art. It's a little anime style too, which is oh, an yes. art. I have never gotten into that that art form, you know, and it's I'm not opposed to getting into it because so many of the stories sound really cool, but very few, not zero, but very few have I ever watched and been like, "Ooh, I really like that," you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's exactly the one that I was looking at when I was like, "It looks kind of anime." Yeah. Now, one of the I things you know, that bothers me was that. I was gonna say I agree with you. I actually yeah. I don't I don't like anime or manga. Yeah. Either the tone and the style usually don't yeah. quell well with me. Yeah. A lot of it for me is the way that they express emotion, and that may be covering like they're so over the top when people are are feeling any kind of emotion. From what I know of that stuff, and it might be coloring my view of this whole art style, you know. But for whatever reason, I was just kind of like. Oh, you know, here's some events that are occurring. I have no real, nothing stands out about it for me compared to any other, like, supernatural or spy or kind of, you know, like that kind of story. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm not against it. It just didn't grab it's, it. It's huh? a, it's a male. It's a man. The artist is oh, a man. Okay. Daniela? And he, Daniel. yeah, and he, and he also did West Coast Avengers, that mm -hmm. most recent. Oh! Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's fun. So it's always he. I guess he has a bright colored poppy style. Yeah, I yeah. do want to say, um, while it is very cartoony, um, the layouts and the the panels are great. That is cool. Yeah, I just um, on this one is oh, like where they put the camera and stuff. Mm -hmm. Really nicely done. Yeah. But were you about to show something? I'm sorry, I took over. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize I was it. just like as you mentioned it, I saw that one, and it kind of sorry this light that we discussed earlier. Yeah, uh, he's he's like, jumping over the railing while he's talking, and it's it's oh, like okay. from waist down. Yeah, it, yeah and the panels are like moving downwards. It's pretty cool. Nice. I I really really like this. I'm going to keep reading it. I I but I do oh. like to your to your point, JD. I think. We just don't know these people yet, yeah. so it's like waiting yeah. to really feel for them. It worked for me, kind of not knowing yet, but you're right. Tom Taylor is hmm. his specialty is taking what we are familiar with and just like freaking no. with it a little bit. Yeah. Which reminds me, I read that his all new X Men run is about to get collected in a thicky boy. Wait, 
Tom Taylor did all new X Men. Oh, sorry, all new Wolverine. Ooh, <laughs> ah, yeah. that was great. Oh yeah. my god, I love that series. So like all thirty five issues in a in a big old chunk. That's dope. Uh, if anybody hasn't read his all new Wolverine, um, starring. Laura. Laura. Yeah, X-23. Yeah, X-23, she takes over as Wolverine, and it's real good. Um, oh, is that the Honey Badger? Honey stuff? Badger! Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I I yeah, like, I heard so many good things, and we, we read something on the show that had that character in it. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, ooh, Wonder Woman number 760 by Mariko Tamaki and Mikhail Janin. Wonder yeah. Woman's quest to bring justice to man's world has seen her take on many devastating opponents, but none so vicious as Maxwell Lord. Max represents the worst that humanity has to offer, so when he shows up at Diana's doorstep seeking help, what's a warrior for the truth to do? Did he show up at her doorstep seeking help in this act? Not yet. Well, maybe no, not yet. <laughs> I mean, he... I really, really liked the scene where he's got the the lasso of truth around his neck, and he's just like, no, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. really just... This is it. Yeah. But she still won't believe it. Uh, this was fun. This was yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. A lot. I like how they're setting up, you know, like, this is a new run. It's a new version of Wonder Woman, as all new runs are. And I like how they're, what they're doing, like, working. Hey, all right. Uh, you know, like, it, I like what they're doing as far as that groundwork goes. Where you're like, all right, this is yeah. a version of Wonder Woman that I could get into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and is this the first appearance of... Etta Candy in any kind of modern Yeah. That's what I was wondering because I was like, this is not Etta Candy as I've seen her before. She no, she has been um she has been black recently in mm-hmm. you know, in a, in another version of her. And um is also typically portrayed as uh you know, I was gonna say overweight, but that's wrong. She's not model thin, you know, like I was saying. Oh uh, I just I, I the last time I even remember I think reading her at all was in First of all, I don't remember anything in like since New Fifty Two of Etta Candy, and then the last time I saw her, other than the movie, was in Grant Morrison's Earth One, mm-hmm. oh, and okay. she was a overweight sorority girl. Oh, okay. You, and I'm like, I might, when did this happen? I might be misremembering. She's always been. Uh, she's always oh. been a bit of maybe not literally always, but a very long time. I think she's been a uh, you know a heavy set. Um, I know, I know that. I'm talking okay. about, um, a, like a military. Uh, she's oh, she's essentially that. a military handler and or researcher. Uh, is um, yeah. uh, is black with a mohawk. Yeah, or a really really cool. Actually, it's really cool, like crew cut kind of thing. Yeah. And first time I've seen. And, and she was going for, she was like she was either like a handler or a liaison for the military for Wonder Woman. And I'm like, as soon as I read it, I was like, this isn't awesome spot to put this character there was but i didn't know where it started there was something of it or really recently that i read i don't remember what it was but it was like new 52 and she was going in the field i'm 90 percent sure it was a comic and not the wonder woman movie well i think it was the animated movie sorry chris Chris answered the question he said did um oh wait i'm sorry in has been in this book since rebirth okay And also, he's asking interesting questions. Um, So, about the continuity of Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. and the Infinite Crisis and her snapping his neck. Yes. And also, him having murdered Ted Kord. Yes. 
Ted Cord is alive. He is. Um, uh, he's alive after having his neck snapped. He's he been alive. Why, why did I have this tension if none of that ever happened? He came back in brightest day. So he was alive anyway. But he was one of the like 12 people that, or however many that, at the end. But Oh, right. It Yeah, but it does still call it, like I was reading this and I'm like, wait, so that all did happen then? Although even last issue, they said that she did that. There was like a yeah. yeah. But then what about Blue Beetle, who's alive again? How did he come right. back? What, did does he, he remember having his neck snapped? I don't know. I like that they. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of going further back to the pre New Fifty Two continuity. So when something like this happens, I'm like, okay, that good. Well, let's sort it out. But so yeah. they, I mean, in a devil's advocate. Hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, it doesn't matter because I like how the story's being told. But second of all, Absolutely. they yeah. didn't show, they've not said it, and they did, they've only alluded to it. Like, the, in the last issue, you saw her tie him up. Like, yeah. you know, the, the famous shot right before he, yeah. she does snap her neck, yeah. snap his neck. Mm-hmm. And then they allude to her not trusting, he's manipulative, mm-hmm. he's terrible, he could, he's more powerful. But they have not at all said that she killed him. So there's a really good chance that this might also be a little bit of a around the corner Mm -hmm. recon of her not having murder, just just them having a deep history, right? And also, personally, does not need to have died for that. Like that was because he was mind controlling Superman, and they could retcon Blue Beetle survived, and but the Max Lord be Superman stuff. Yeah, that's just it. Like they've. They've completely retconned Infinite Crisis like twice over now, two or three times over now. So, yeah, I mean, Infinite Crisis happened. That was a reboot. But then also Final Crisis and Rebirth. Oh, I see. Like, they've twice over, and then New 52, like Flashpoint, Final Crisis, Flashpoint, Rebirth. Like, any number three times over now, half of that shit doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm more, I, that's more like, I want to know what they are saying happened now, you know, and I'm pulling for one or the other a little bit, you know, just to like, oh, are we, there's a lot of stuff that uh, in modern DC that looks like, oh, we're going back a bit to pre new 52. So I like mm-hmm. that. This is like, yeah, I, I hope I, I want her to have made that choice. Like she, yeah. she snapped his neck and then he just maybe somehow came back, but People do then again, a lot in this in these stories, you know. It's not hard to believe. Uh, it's the same thing. Like uh, with the the last issue we talked about, the seven fifty nine when we talked about it. Like mm-hmm. I had just listened to a um, an interview with Greg Rucka, how he had so many plans mm-hmm. past that, and exploring the ramifications of a hero yeah, yeah. choosing to kill, whether it's for a great reason or not a great reason, just the ramifications right. of it in general right. that he never got to do because he got fired from the book. Right. And as soon as I read this, right after hearing all that, I'm like, oh, I want this to literally be a, a um, not only an examination, but a response to never telling those stories about what it's yeah. like on the other side of making a big choice. And it could or, be, or, yeah. you know, that, and I, I, yeah. Yeah, and so it, what I'm saying, like, in my headcanon, hmm. this is a direct sequel to that miniseries, and we're just going to skip everything in between, because it doesn't seem to really matter. Well, also, how it ends kind of supports that, because it, it's now been years since that happened, yeah. so you'd be looking at it from a different lens, but the fact that then she is, as so many other people have been, uh, 
in the story, like that's the problem is that people are being mind controlled into believing they're doing something else. And then yeah. she is, and then she's destroyed a lot of, maybe killed some of these guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it wasn't a surprise, but it was just well done. So, yeah. like, when she's yeah. having a nightmare of all this stuff happening, I'm like, I mean, they're gonna pull back, and she's fight, she's fought somebody. And yeah. I was half expecting like the rest of the JLA <laughs> to yeah. to be on the ground or some shit. But the fact that it was a bunch of actual soldiers, and we don't know if she crossed a line or not, and it's right. just creepy. Right. I was like, holy shit! It was yeah. it wasn't a surprise. It was just really effective. Yeah, and yeah. good use of um, final page uh, credits and title on this also, where it's, what have I done? So that would not be so great in the beginning of the story. Um, sometimes that can feel a little a little uh, gimmicky or overused when they do the, the title and credits at the end, uh, but not here. What do you guys think? Um, I stepped away. I don't know if you talked about her. The new neighbor. Emma? Yeah, she's fine. Oh, she's fine. That's she's uh, kind of just like that character, the new person that the hero meets in this new run, and maybe we'll know her after this writer leaves, and maybe we won't. But she's shifty. setting her up. She's is shifty. She a, is she a confidant or is she going to be a new villain? Oh, she's you guys she's up to something interesting. We like the the lack of follow up questions makes me think she's shifty. Hmm. Like my parents are gone. How old is she supposed to be? Like what? 14, 15? Yeah. My parents are gone. My brain is scrambled. Yeah. Uh, la 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 la. I'm like, here I am in your apartment. And then also too, like just yeah. in a pure comic booky kind of way, she has, she's been identified a primary color, which in her great. hair and all her clothes. Yeah, but primary. So, so yeah. as it, well, not not that pink is a primary color, just oh. a prime color for her. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, yeah, it's just in it. You know, having read comics forever, it's like a. It's usually a visual indicator when somebody is assigned a color of some sorts, whether it's in their normal clothes. Again, yeah. I've been reading too much Power Rangers, so even when they're out of costume, yeah, it's just always, like yeah. you're all wearing blue. You're always wearing green. Color. You're always yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. This is Kimberly Hart in an alternate dimension, <laughs> and her and the Ranger Slayer will fight. Do you guys think that she is the one doing this? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Well, what if it was an accident, right? Like, her brain is scrambled. She is weirdly, like, becoming a part of Wonder Woman's life. Maybe she doesn't realize that she's using these abilities to, like, alter. I'd be okay with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, her short-term memory is is messed up because of some sort of accident. They don't say what. So she, you know, I I really liked the visual uh, gag it's not a gag, but the visual cue from the first issue of mm-hmm. she writes things down in her hands to remember them, memento yeah. style. Oh, there's, right. there's some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, think that she's going to just be a confidant, though. There's mm. a there's a weird pacing. There's a weird scene in at the end of here. Um, at the end of this, I'm sorry. There's a weird panel at the end of this scene. There we go. I did it. Uh, where they're talking, they're snacking on some food. They uh-huh. both get up from the couch, and then. It is strange, but in my experience of this world, click. And she just turns the light off mid-sentence. Lights out. <laughs> like It's creepy, right? Yeah. Well, it was either creepy or sexy. Like, Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, they, she is not alone in this apartment. You're right. Yeah, it's time to turn out these lights. Oh, my. Yeah. It's a social cue. Get, go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Like, you're in my house without me asking. Yeah. She, that's actually yeah. like picking the lights like when you go to the, the movie theater. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, like uh, the curtain's about to go up. Yeah. On, off, on, off, like go away. Yeah. Just get to your seat. Carry on. Which is not in my home. <laughs> yeah. None of my seats are yours. Uh, Big Girls, number one, by Jason Howard. When men become giant monsters hell-bent hell on destroying the world, only girls can stop them. Big girls meet Ember. She writes poetry, loves to read, and she's a 300-foot-tall full-time monster killer. She and the other big girls are all that stand in the way of our world's complete annihilation. Critically acclaimed artist Jason Howard takes full creative control as the writer and artist of a tale that's a cross between John Wick and Godzilla by way of HBO's Girls. Oh. I hate that analogy. Yep. There, there was no HBO girls in here. If anything, no. that would turn people off. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those three things, so. You haven't seen John Wick? No. Well, that, or Godzilla? Oh, uh, which Godzilla? Uh, that's a good point. I have seen Any Godzilla? Godzilla? <laughs> oh, I even saw the most recent one. So, okay, I haven't seen two of the three of those things. Yeah. What'd you think of the book? Didn't care. Brian. Eh. I, honestly, well, the art did not grab me at all. Like, I... I don't really care for this style of art, like the roughness of the art, but that's not... It's very sketchy. Yeah, that's my personal preference. It's done well for the kind that it is. I was bored by the story. Honestly, there's a little misandry in it as well, but, you know, you can tell whatever story you want to tell, but it seemed like that was the driving force. What's <laughs> like... I mean, the back cover says... Men are monsters. <laughs> Only girls can stop them. And I was like, hey. I mean, hot take. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, and, but largely, I just wasn't interested in the story. You know, this is also not a genre that I really care that much about. Like, giant person, eh, whatever. Not for no, me. Is it because no. they killed the baby? Uh, no, I already was bored before that. But, uh, okay. But, um, you know, no, I mean, uh, that sucked, obviously. But the like um, the woman's reaction to it, I thought, was cool. And I think that she is an interesting character herself. But, yeah. It's funny It's funny you bring up misandry, like, uh, because the concept is pure misandry. But right. the story itself is not, like, the most, sure. like, the characters, the, like, the, the most toxic, even in this world where... Um, men are susceptible to this virus that almost like embiggens them and turns them into monsters. Mm -hmm. Even the men that aren't affected mm. are wildly aggressive about this threat versus the mm. women who are the front lines are not. Like, it's just, That's it's, it's oh, interesting. Well, dad. I mean, the dad is a man also, and he doesn't want to, but yeah. I, I know, I'm talking about like the, the you know, yeah. the military industrial complex that has kind of right, right. yeah up, up. so like yeah he's the one that's like now nah, you got to kill these little kids because otherwise they turn into monsters yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's weird like it's not yeah. it's not it's not men hating so much as um it's just fascinating hashtag I just thought not it was all fascinating. men yeah, Ooh, yeah. and and in this world there's a very good reason to be worried you know what i mean like yeah. The world that they're in, these little boys do grow up to be giant monsters that slaughter people. Like, so that's perfectly reasonable thing to be worried about. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my take. What do you think, J- what did you think, JD? Uh, I thought it was heavy-handed. I thought um, uh, I'm not as big a fan. I don't remember Jason Howard's art looking so sketchy hmm. uh, previously. Was he not the guy who did the Astonishing Wolfman? He is. The lines were a lot cleaner. Also, he didn't color himself. Yeah. So I think this is this is <laughs> like the, the, the line. The oh, line I work. Myself. I blew myself. <laughs> the line work is is the same. Like the 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 shapes of characters and stuff. Well, yeah, but but, but it's okay. not. Yeah, it's right. um, it's not heavy. It's very sketchy. Yeah, it's more. It's a more of a muted color palette as opposed to the invincible kind of bright color palette. It is very muted. Yeah. Um, I I didn't. This yeah. is this is the astonishing Wolfman, uh, which is part of the Invincible universe. Mm-hmm. And it is a very different inking yeah. style, much cleaner. Yeah. Who inked him on that? And then this is. Or did he do his own? Yeah. Like this is now. Um, you know, guys. The, the in in fairness, as we were looking at the art, I saw the male character, the the like kind of leader of their military or whatever does come down and he's got a, a teddy bear and it seems like he puts a picture up of every child that is killed here. So he mm-hmm. is not he is not bad, you know, necessarily. But uh, He's just making the hard decisions. Yeah, exactly. And he probably lost somebody that was very important to him yeah. in a similar fashion, I assume. I reading it so I didn't I, I, I enjoyed it more than you guys seem to. Yeah. But I thought it was fine. I don't disagree with, with anything you've said. Like yeah, yeah. I think it I think it it's um, provocative on purpose, mm-hmm. not sure. um, not very provo- like not very well done right. with provocation. Like right. it's just more like um, it, it sounds it, it it reads instead of it being kind of a a um, a really uh, witty parody. It's more of like a you wouldn't like it if it was you or like it, it's it's like a, a very um, pedestrian argument for something that should be explored. Mm. Does that make sense? Like it's it's low hanging fruit. Like what if men were monsters? Yeah. I still enjoyed reading it in yeah. a way. Like I was I was more fascinated not with I wasn't enjoying the story so much as more fascinated with okay, what are you gonna do with this? Yeah. So I just kind of kept going with it. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy it so much as wanted to know what happened next. Mm. Like it's yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not great. It's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I could see there being more interesting story. It's it you bring up. I could see it being called Big Girls, a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> also, I can't. I don't know what he's written before. Like I know the art that he's done. I know his yeah. art style. And, this is his first time writing and drawing. I think is it's it in the background in the back it's, back matter. It's, Maybe it's just maybe the heavy hand is just a, a, a lack of of knowing the weight of his hand, right? When it comes to writing, do you plan to keep reading it, Noel? Because I'd be interested to see if it, if maybe, it be, keeps being interesting to you or it becomes interesting to me. I don't. I don't think I need another book on my pull list. But yeah. six yeah. months or so, yeah, yeah, deal with it. Six <laughs> months or so from now, uh, yeah. I might consider getting the trade if I hear more about it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm interested to know. The plot of this. I'm not excited to keep reading it. Yeah, and maybe that maybe that'll change over time. Like three or four issues in, maybe yeah, his writing yeah. style will become more nuanced. Maybe the plot yeah. will actually 
start to coalesce a little bit more as opposed to just shock value. But as of right now, it just does. It's 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 like cold pizza, not hot pizza. Like yeah. it's it's fine, it's good, but it's yeah. like I'm not excited about it. And you yeah. got all the hot pizza waiting for you. So why? You I know, go? like I I have every week. I have at least ten hot pizzas. Exactly. <laughs> why do I want a cold pizza thrown in? Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm ready for some hot pizza. Yeah. In the form of Alienated Number Five by Simon Sperrier and Chris Wildgoose. Everyone knows the consequences of absolute power. And the three Sams are no exception. As their different desires come to a head, the only thing that stands in their way is each other. And Chip's deadly powers are in the center of it all. This book is great. This is some hot pizza. Oh my god. This is, this is hot gourmet pizza. Uh, uh, this is this is I ordered pizza and I didn't give you details, but you knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Ooh. And you delivered. Yeah. Cool. This is so good. I, I last night, so I hadn't I hadn't been caught up, and then Noel wanted to talk about it so much that I was like, all right, I'll catch up. And um, so I read four and five today, this morning, after I woke up. Um, and man, the both issues were just great. Everything that's happening is interesting, um, and there are stakes to what's happening. I'm emotionally invested in these characters already. Um, but I also understand, like, I understand where they're coming from, even though I hate some of their decisions, but I also get it and I feel bad for Chip. Um, but I'm going to start feeling bad for them pretty soon because I think, I think Chip's going to have his way soon. Um, man, and the art, uh, the layouts and the art and the way, um, people disappear, um, when, you know, they, they blink somebody out of existence, the way the artist handles that. Like weird ribbon things. Yeah. And oh. Ooh, that's this cool. is like, this is, did you didn't read this yet? You can chance no, I was so You can admit that. it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't read it. Um, um you guys there's, there's, there's body horror. Oh my there's, God. there's social commentary. Mm. There's real emotional stakes. There's no clear protagonist. Mm -hmm. It is just all um, damaged, realistic people in a very extraordinarily scary situation. Even, even the you know, even Chip, the the alien, he's a blank slate. Like he could do these horrific things, but it's only based off of the emotion that's fed him. Mm -hmm. So, if you're feeding him a specific emotion, that's how he acts. And you've got mm -hmm. these these teenagers with their own very real problems feeding this alien and mm. the like it's oh, it's it this is this book when this finally gets collected it's a full story i think it's only a mini series i think it's just six issues mm. when this gets collected this is going to be something that i give people mm. or that i recommend people constantly like oh have you ever read alienated have you ever read alienated here mm. like it's science fiction it's horror it's it's social commentary it's a coming of age it's this book is just Fucking five out of five. It's perfect. And it's, yeah, I love and this it's, book. It's grounded in these teenagers' emotions and dealing with the things, dealing with parents and um, their self-worth and all these other things that every teenager deals with, but now they have an omnipotent being that they can command. Mm. <sighs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. And, and then the this omnipotent being starts acting with autonomy in their best interests sometimes mm -hmm. too. So it's not 
just it's not like it's like having a gun. So the first time you the first time you have it, you decide to fire it and you have power. Hmm. But then the gun starts thinking for you hmm. and starts acting on your behalf based off hmm. of the actions that has been that have occurred before and it becomes a scarier thing as opposed to these people having power, the power is starting to over uh, over outvote them. Like it's so weird and good. Yeah, this this book is so good. Hard to like I couldn't give you an elevator pitch for this book. Huh. Normally a lot of books come out and I'm like, all right, paper girls, stranger things, mid eighties, group of girls take over the paper boys route in a small town and on Halloween they run into something that is spooky and mm -hmm. that continues on. That's how I sell paper girls. I don't know how to sell alienated other than just fuck just buy it. It's good. <laughs> Yeah. This is a this is great. Indeed. It's very happy. And it's 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 a very it's very harsh too. Mm -hmm. yeah. They don't this book doesn't pull punches at all. Nope. The I think the last time I convinced you guys to talk about it was like issue two or three. Mm -hmm. yeah. The yeah. the way it's presented is not in line with the weight and gravitas of yes. the book. Mm. This primary kind of color or bold mm -hmm. color kind of um, round face art style yeah. is not, it seems, it seems YA, it seems kitty. And in some respects it is, but it's a, it gets dark. Yeah. It gets content warning dark mm. and it's very effective. At mm. the end. Um, I actually like this at the end. There is a ad that says, you know, if you or anyone, you know, is experiencing suicidal thoughts, here is the suicide hotline. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. That's issue four you're talking about, right? Yeah. It very much revolves around uh, self harm. Yeah, I like that. And, that and has become the standard, you know, to supply yeah. information after after something uh, content wise. It's like that. But th this is the kind of these are the kind of things that don't get explored, right? Or or at least not very effectively. The you always get the the first part of the sentence of what if an alien? What if teenagers found aliens? Mm -hmm. But the second part of that is. The life of a teenager, especially like nowadays, is is a constantly on, full of, of depression and aggression. Mm. And, like it's not whimsical. So what if this this omnipotent entity latched itself onto something as 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 tumultuous as a mm. teenager's psyche? Mm -hmm. You know, and we know now that teenagers hurt themselves. They have very bad thoughts. They want to do things to other people. They feel rejected. They feel, and they don't have the coping mechanisms to step outside of it and, right, right. and, and deal with it. Right. So you've got this thing feeding off those very pure emotions and it's horrifying. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. This book, this book should be read. Yeah. It's real good. Excellent. Agreed. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, I would say my top two books this week are, Two I did not anticipate, and that is Wonder Woman and Alienated. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Does anyone else have favorite a favorite? Uh oh. So I answer the question was, and then Noel's gonna do a thunder round. Oh well I mean this was the answer to my question. Oh. Brian, yeah. what was your favorite book so far this week? Uh I'll tell you what, I enjoyed at least uh you know, for one, if I have to pick one, Death Metal, I think, was probably my my favorite. Oh, Just fun. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was a good time. Also, my favorite depiction of Wonder Woman. That ombre 
I love that. I just something there's something so cool looking about that ombre she has with the blue yeah, and black. There's I this was a banger week, guys. Like yeah. Yeah. Death Metal, Empire, Marauders. Yeah. I, I know you guys didn't love Secret Seven Secrets as much as I did. Still yeah. Wonder Woman, Alienated. Superman like, became Doctor Fate in a in an issue that maybe yeah. wasn't the best, but that part was fun. <laughs> oh, what what was one of my favorites that nobody else is reading? Was yeah. Empire X Men number three. I, I read number three and it was awesome. Yeah. This whole series yeah, is yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, four issues, right? Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, are you about to? T- is your favorite book your Thunder Round? Thunder. Sure. Round. Thunder Round. All right. So I'm going to put for for the people who don't know, a Thunder Round is a 60 second review from one of us about one of the books this week, or literally anything, I guess. Um, so I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. And then I'm going to give Noel the go-ahead, and he's going to talk for 60 seconds about Green Lantern Earth 1, number 2, by... Uh, Karina Becko and Gabriel Hardman. All right, you ready? So this is a ser- This is the Earth 1 series, which is a retelling of classic DC characters. The first volume of this came out in 2017, and it is a very... Uh, it's a very original take on... Uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Harold Jordan. Um, he is a space miner uh, working in a not, yeah, yeah. He mines wreckage uh, for the Ferris company. Uh, it becomes a whole thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about the tone. The plot is completely different than any other Green Lantern origin. However, the tone of this is not, it's not hard sci-fi. That implies like heavy math and stuff, but it is, it is a practical science fiction. It's, it's a little dirty. It's a little rickety. And it's just so incredibly effective seeing this, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, as it were, being kind of treated with a, a more almost like Ridley Scott kind of tone of how space travel and how science fiction and aliens ah! were handled. End of round. This book was great. JD, this was straight up great. I'm not nice. sure if that's already on my list. I think it is. If it's not, will you acquire one of those? And then I it can is, acquire it from you for an exchange of funds. It Thanks. is an original graphic novel, uh, uh, hardcover. Ooh, that's the, hard. the printing is a little weird for this one. Like, they messed up the cover. I think. Oh, this like is the one that you shared in. Yeah, this is one I shared in. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back, the back cover is longer. I told you, that's the cover. But but they they are they are very smooth, very capable reads. Uh, Karina yeah. Becko and Gabriel Hardman are a, a they're married. She's a writer. He is a writer artist. So they completely collaborate on every piece of this book, hmm. and it's just really great. It okay. ends on a cliffhanger. I can't wait for three. Ooh, this is nice. awesome. Awesome. Only two more years, right? Until number three. I mean, if you know, they do 120, 130 pages themselves. So. Yeah. Is there another Batman Earth one coming? Because I really like that one. Yeah, great. Yeah, the, I, I, very I, frank. With any of I think them. it's. Yeah. I don't. It's not been solicited yet, but both of them have said that it's done. Yeah. No. Anything uh, else? Wait, wait. Oh, oh wait. yes. People keep coming up to me on the street, and they're like, "Is there any way to to just hand over money to the Cold Pop podcast that you're on?" And I'm like, "Probably." But JD, do you know about anything like that? You know, I do. At the bottom of the screen here, you'll see okay. a link patreon.com slash johnny destructo you can go there and help out the show with uh your money and uh that would be great you could also just send us money a tip jar if you will to um uh venmo at jd zero complex on venmo and you could just send just send us money what about by 
check or money order. Do you accept? <laughs> I'll take whatever. You send me some doubloons? Like a package of change was what yes. I was thinking. Cool. It'd be so heavy to mail a packet of change. Before, well, take before we... Out. <laughs> and then use before it to we, <laughs> Before we go away, did you want to briefly talk about DC? Oh, right. The gutter talk segment. Yeah, I thought this was midway through the show. Yeah, I felt I felt you wanting to close off, and I know that we usually go long. Like we've You're been right, going I long too I much. I forgot about the yeah. Gutter Talk segment. So, <laughs> Noel, what's going on in DC? Everything's dying. Oh no! <laughs> Everything hurts, and we're dying. <laughs> no, um, I, I make light of people losing their jobs. That's Ooh. bad. So the 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 top level pitch of it is, or brief of it is. Um, Warner Brothers, Warner Media across the board, uh, subsidiaries of AT&T have um, released 800 to 900 employees across the board. That's all Warner Media outlets. So that's Warner Brothers Pictures, HBO, uh, DC, um, Time Warner, Viacom, all the, all the shit that they own across the board, 900 people. Yeah. That did affect comics. So um, it's still not sure how large the aftermath is yet, uh, but it is. it will affect... It'd be silly to think that it won't affect the bottom line of how many monthly comics we get and how frequent and, and stuff. Because right now, it's a lot. It's a lot of comics from DC. Uh, but uh, as for who was affected, uh, DC Universe, the app... Or the, oh. the the service right. will will likely go away by the end of the year, which we kind of it will go away by the end of the year. We yeah, because predicting anyway, you know that. Yeah, yeah. So um, around in a in a comics related capacity, but who knows? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't know. Like they, so they've released most of that staff that ran it. Yeah, and then what was it like? Uh, other pieces of it were absorbed by HBO Max. Uh, all all original content was brought under the HBO Max umbrella. Yeah. So instead of there being like multiple, essentially it was a it was a redundancies. Yeah. So anywhere that they had multiple things happening that were relatively the same, they just consolidated. I mean, I so like I kind of like that part of it. You know, the I think yeah. that was a good move for them. The, yeah, I mean, if you've got four streaming apps, right. you make it one. Or right. two, right? It, like, it's a consolidation that makes sense. Like, I don't want, I don't want to, and wasn't paying. Like, I had DC Universe, and then it lapsed for some, like, for some reason, and I didn't even notice. So I was like, "Well, I'm not going to get it. I'll just wait until this other show eventually is somewhere else." And then that is what happened, and uh, it's better for it's better for me personally, I think, and general consumers. I mistakenly, you know, upon reflecting upon my. My state of being. Uh, I think I mistakenly thought that if I would spend enough time on the DC Universe app, watching the things on there, um, that it would help get us more of those things. I liked Swamp Thing. I liked um, Doom Patrol, Star yeah. Girl, and I watched all of those things on the DC app because I wanted DC to know, hey, there's someone here watching this stuff, and I want to make more of it. So I was just trying to support it, but I mean. If it's all going to HBO Max, there's still, you know, yeah, like you you could follow. So the way that the way that it's all kind of set up, you don't necessarily have to patron it at its place. You follow the content, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
whoever houses the content is paying for that content and then they still kind of get the numbers of you streaming it wherever the fuck it is. Right, right. So whether it's on the CW app or the HBO Max app or whatever, it's that you're you're supporting it. So I have one more question. Um, yeah. this is I'm sure this is a stupid question, but do streaming services pay attention to how many subscribers they have every month? Or are they paying yes. very strict attention to their streaming this show, this this show got this many streams? I both. both I I, I imagine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so the, it's um it's it's uh new signups and retention constantly of like uh, that they're measuring. So like new signups every month versus however they've lost every month. You know, like yeah, uh, especially that happened. first year. You mean all they keep track of it. They keep track of whether or not I'm still paying them. Right. Yeah. Do they keep track of what I'm watching? They must. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. how the algorithm works. Yeah. Like they keep track of what you're watching, and anything that is suggested to you is based off right. of the things that you like to watch. My true. the front page of my DC Universe app is probably going to have a lot less um, uh, animated shows filtered up. My Disney Plus probably does not have in the first row all of the um, Star Wars animated shows that you watch. Because they know you watch them more frequently, they'll filter it up to you more frequently as opposed to me, which is maybe the you know, the animated movies or whatever. I don't even know what I watch on Disney+. Plus. But I was just afraid hey, to get lost. And under- it's made of the fact also that Netflix doesn't release that. Hmm. No, you know, they don't they- release it, but they track it. They track it hard. Yeah, oh yeah. Like they will, they'll tell you like uh, stuff. Most recently, in order to to kind of identify or articulate the success of a lot of their streaming originals, they'll tell you how many households are streaming it, and that's based off of um, how long they keep it on. So, like one of the like the third most watched movie in five years was The Old Guard, and it was something like ninety two million households streamed it the first weekend. And that's based off of watching at least an hour of it or watching at least 15 minutes of it. Uh, and it, like they track all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Robert Monroe chimes in. He says, my family got the DC universe to watch the stuff there. We don't have HBO and don't plan to get it. And I bet we're not the only one. So Robert, you're not getting like once the DC universe app disappears, are you not, you're still not going to get HBO to continue watching like doom patrol or star girl or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and also, Robert, you you are almost definitely not the only ones. Like, I can guarantee you there's some people that wouldn't do that. But it also costs a lot to run a separate service rather than just have your things on a pre-existing service. Yeah. And there's something to be said for, in this case, putting all of your eggs in one basket, right? You want HBO Max to succeed. Why not have all your coolest stuff there? And why, why split it? Yeah. Well, also, too, from a user perspective, it's it's almost asinine to have five or six different applications for right. one or two extra things that you want in your purview. Right. This company has all of it in their licensing group, yeah. so put it all on one platform. That's, right. from a user perspective, that's the most, it's the smartest and easiest and user-friendly way to do it. And if, if anybody has the HBO Go map, app, map, <laughs> it's mapped out very easily where you could literally just go straight to only DC and then it gives you all the DC oh, stuff. Right? And go only to HBO, it gives you all the HBO stuff. Yeah, yeah like it's yeah. it's not just some like bleh, 
I have only I can only stream it from my phone because uh, HBO Max doesn't run on the Kindle Fire Stick, which I think is just both companies' fault. Like they, I I very rarely call up to complain, but I was so incensed when I found that out. I called both of those companies, and both of them were like, "Oh yeah, it's the other guy's fault." I'm like, "It is both of your faults that yeah. this is not happening." Yeah, um, I have to watch HBO Max on my um, PS4. Oh, okay. Well, I have a Roku and a Fire Stick, and it doesn't run on either of those. I'll tell you what. The uh, Google Play, it's like 25 bucks for the non-4K version, and you run it from your phone, which I thought was going to be a real annoyance and isn't. Oh. Um, yeah. And and also, to uh, Robert Monroe's point, I, um, I'm the opposite case, and I love DC stuff. And I was like, well, HBO Max has a lot of the things that I want. I don't want to spend another whatever $8 it is a month for DC Universe. Um, the, maybe I would have again when Young Justice came out, if, you know, or whatever I liked. But, you know. I still haven't finished it. Ooh, it's good. Uh, I, I'm not like, the original, but it's good. I got halfway through the fourth season, and I just, I think I just had a hiccup in timing yeah. and never went back to finish it. It happens. Carl Carl says DC Universe doesn't exist here in Australia, but then again, neither does HBO Max. All of the DC Universe stuff gets farmed out to all of Australia's various streaming services. That sounds infuriating. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, uh, maybe it's better. It, well, I mean, maybe it's better in so much as, well, everything is on Netflix or Hulu. Hmm. Cool. Because, because in other countries, they have licensing uh, uh, agreements with Netflix or something. Instead point. of having... A Peacock app, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, a DC app, and an yeah. HBO Max. You just have like the main two, and there's different licensing agreements for other countries. If anything, he's probably got less apps he has to deal with mm-hmm. than we do. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. And it's all like shaking around right now, anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like figuring out what the best yeah. model is, and that. Kind I mean, of, it does. He's, yeah. I think we're bearing the lead, getting kind of caught up on the minutia of the applications. Yeah. Carl's right. It sucks yeah. about people losing their jobs. And then also, too, yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about it yet. It will affect comics. And it has affect comics. It's canceled yeah. like six or seven already, right? Yep. Yes, seven books have been canceled. Um, yeah. They're being shady as to whether that is a direct line, oh, but right. we'll see. Um, what happened is a lot, of, a lot of editorial staff was let go or consolidated. Um, and then two figures were promoted so you've got jim lee who's still grand poobah editor-in-chief or publisher i think uh, yeah publisher i'm sorry yeah Yeah, yeah. but there are two new editors-in-chief that report directly to him yeah the first one being marie javins who is as as far as i have read is uh it's considered like a editor's editor like she's deep in comics and has worked for many places before, and is like uh, the the impression I'm getting having reading about her is that she's been in the industry for so long and she is so beloved that this is kind of a good thing that she has promoted to editor in chief because she believes cool. in comic books. Yeah. However, the other editor in chief is Michelle Wells, who is responsible for DC's current success in YA and original graphic novels. So you've got two editors-in-chiefs that thematically are almost kind of in charge of two separate things, one being bookstores and OGNs and mm-hmm. and larger chains, different kinds of distribution, mm-hmm. and the other being 
weekly issues, comic books, uh, yeah. you know, uh, small store distribution. Both of them leveling up to Jim Lee. That's cool. It's cool, but I think it's going to definitely affect, it's very, very much going to affect how many comics we get a month and what those will be, like a more focused, streamlined done. And some, I think some lines are going to go away. Like, I know that we still mm. have Black Label. Yeah. I Maybe Black Label will survive, but stuff like Earth One is probably not going to start over. When stuff you like, mentioned it ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think, this these are vanity projects for very popular creators. You've got oh, Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, right. yeah. Gabriel Hardman. Yeah. I don't think these are gonna go away, but yeah, I don't yeah. think we're gonna get new ones. Yeah. I also don't think we're gonna get imprints. I don't think we're gonna get another like, Hill House. I don't think wow. we're gonna get Young right. Animal. Right. I don't think like we're not even even um Wonder Comics is being kind of whittled because yeah. Young Justice was canceled. Young Justice. Yeah, that's a shame too. Yeah. Um, and my, my boy, John Constantine Hellblazer got canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those people yeah. have like, cool people to run it. That's the, not the other stuff doesn't sound cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah. the, the amount of, there, um, one or it might've been, it might've been Newsarama. It might've been bleeding cool, but one of the articles that I had read, cause I read a bunch of them was, just based on numbers, the amount of staff that they're letting go versus the amount of output that they have yeah. uh, currently on shelves, we could see a 20 to 30% reduction in mm. product because they literally just don't have the amount of people right. to do it. Right. So it's not necessarily like the world is ending and oh my God, it's more like, oh no, no, you're getting rid of staff and there's less staff to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, procedural question: They do a lot of freelance stuff in comics, right? So, laying off yeah, but, stuff, does that mean less books by by default? You know, not editorial. So, uh, editorial is not is usually not freelance. Yeah. Talents freelance. Yeah, yeah. So, less if they were deal with those uh, freelancers, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and our lunar says, "What about the comics on DC Online?" And that was my question earlier. Um, I wasn't clear as far as it, as far as the DC Universe app goes. Do we think they're going to get rid of the comic book reading portion of that app? They have specifically said that they are not. But oh. you never know. Jim Lee was like, "We have so many comics on there, and we want DC to still be an experience. Yeah. You know, DC Universe app to still be an experience. They better make it cheaper." Yeah, seven ninety nine. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, people can just get comicsology at this like it's it it's doesn't have anything though. different if you have the service though then you get yeah, but, but right. if you pay monthly for comicsology unlimited you get all those back issues anyway like they oh, really? need to <laughs> yeah like comicsology unlimited is just like kindle unlimited where a lot of stuff is based off the service however okay. when it comes to like new weekly comics you pay for those ad hoc right 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 same same with marvel unlimited like, oh, okay. back catalog is all based off of the, the fee for the service, no extras. But if you want to get weekly comics, then you pay yeah. per. Action Figure Expert says, what does that mean for DC Collectibles? DC Collectibles, oh wait, what am I thinking of? Was DC Collectibles axed or was that DC I think it was Direct? Di yes. DC Direct yeah. was axed. Yeah. What's the difference? That, that is DC Collectible. Oh. That is their in-house collectible production thing. He said, for you, the consumer, you probably will not notice a difference. 
Oh. We still plan to be producing things. We just won't actually be producing them. But, yeah, like, it's yeah. probably going to be something like the... Uh, so last year... Was it last year or the year before? The partnership with McFarlane Toys. Mm. Instead of instead of making their own toys in-house with DC Direct, they started farming out uh, molds and designs to McFarlane Toys. They're probably going to do that with statues and collectibles now, too, as yeah. opposed to doing it all in-house. This was a, a full consolidation of arms. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, Carl says, for example, Harley Quinn is on Amazon, as are some of the CW shows, but the others are spread out on Binge, Netflix, and Stan. We don't have the first and third of those, but um, it sounds like kind of the same situation as yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It so, is just uh, as, as annoying. Sorry. Robert Monroe does say the only reason I've considered HBO is for Love Lovecraft Country, which I can't wait. Tonight. Tonight. And also, uh, Robert, now you've got, there are also some really cool DC. Uh, the Green Lanterns, Strange Adventures, a DC anthology show sounds awesome. So wait, maybe, what? What's that? Tell me more. What? Uh, it's only been announced. There's no real yeah, detail other than that. It's not, it and the comic were announced at the same time, but have nothing at all to do with each other. Yeah, yeah HBO Max has a bunch of DC stuff coming. It's yeah. all in development, and it's going yeah. nowhere right now because right. there's yeah. no productions happening. Totally. But it's Justice League Dark, Green Lantern, and um, Strange, Strange Adventures. Adventures. Justice League Dark, is, an, is it an animated thing? or No. no. Live action. Live action. Is it going to have Constantine? I don't know. One hopes, but just tell me yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Sure. I feel yeah. better. Um, yeah, it's well, gonna be great. You'll love it. About that Hellblazer being canceled, man. It's yeah. the best it's been since the original Hellblazer run. You Should get a Tom it? Taylor yeah. Black Label book for a couple months, though. Yeah, three issues. Yeah. Oh, you know what though? Hey, before we before we like divert because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think. I think it's going to be real telling when we see uh, December solicitations. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So the yeah. stuff in November, like the November solicitations kind of were leaked or some of them came out and that's, that's what revealed a lot of the cancellations. A lot of those stories were ending and, or they're solid cancellations. However, what happens in December will be interesting. Like how many less books there will be, if there's any new relaunches, what the labels will look like, if anything, like if we start seeing, the young animal books have like a bunch of final issue, final issue, final issue, or there's no announcements of any Hill house books or stuff like that. Like it might be the new normal for a while that yeah. it's going to be just house. main characters. I could see Hill house being direct to trade. Like they seem, yeah. you know, like they're, they're concept stories that are not necessarily ongoings. Um, if you're going to do anything, that would be the good kind of thing to do. Yeah. The, the direct-to-trade is so difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only because, only because like, as, as consumers were, especially, com especially like, comics, yeah. uh, we don't adopt original stories in whole chunks very much. Anyway. Like, you can't, yeah, like, it's, it's like a, a, you know, a pusher, like one issue, a three ninety nine issue yeah. is, is an entry point to buy in. But if somebody gave me Daphne Byrne and was just like 25, mm. like, no, I'm okay. We like, never, I would, I we would accept not it. just randomly pick up alienated the trade paperback. Yeah. But because we read the first issue and went, oh. Right. I could see it for horror books though. Like for whatever reason, that feel seems like. You guys read, you know, maybe well, you would know more than any of us, JD. But something like a Hill House imprint, could you see succeeding as 
You know, it's it's... only because it has the name Joe Hill. Oh, I see. yeah. It's. I think yeah. it'll be based off like yeah. for the next question too. It's only. It's always going to be based off of the creative team, which why yeah. I think some of these more premier format things won't necessarily go away. It'll just be, yeah. if anything, long term, it actually might hurt comics a little bit because it's all going to be based off of name recognition that's in front of and behind panel. Yeah. So a lot of these buy-ins, like buy-ins going to be real low because it's only going to be like the well-known superstars and it's, there's still going to be 45 Batman books, but we're going to lose all the like Whoa. mid-tier characters or they're going to be off that the animated series. The animated movies have been is, Here's another Batman animated series. Here's yeah. another Superman animated ad- animated movie. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. we'll try a Teen Titans, but meh. It's still going to have Batman or Superman in the title, probably. <laughs> no, I, I, did, I did see an argument. I did, yeah, I did see an argument online talking about how this could uh, negatively affect comic book stores. Um, but... I, it, was a, it was a real pedestrian argument of like, it'll go the way of of vinyl shops and specialty stores. And I'm thinking, you know what it fucking is, dude? Like, yeah. they are specialty shops. They yeah. are like vinyl shops. Like, what's your argument? And he was just like, well, no, I mean, you know, comics are, are there's, there's much more, there's like thousands and thousands of shops across the world and that could be, or across the country and that could diminish. I'm like, yeah, but there's thousands and thousands of record shops. Right. And like, he was trying to make the, he was trying to make the argument of it being like a video store. Oh yeah, wow. but that and but, and, and, and your analogy is that's why yeah, and that's a, yeah yeah his analogy was absolute garbage from jump so I was like I don't think you know what you're saying it it's already totally is happening. Mitch it already is it makes yeah. me nervous I gotta say when the news came down about all of those layoffs the bloodbath of layoffs as they say yeah. I felt it in my gut like I felt like I was getting laid off a little bit um yeah. I was I was like ooh. It knocked the wind out of my sails that night. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, DC had already been screwing the retailers like four times over in the past three months. Right. Um, and now this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, it does make me nervous. But I try to keep in mind that there are, you know, expansions and contractions throughout the industry every decade. Right. You know, this happened a while ago. Even Marvel actually went bankrupt. And right. that could have been right. the end of Marvel. But it wasn't. They, you right. know. Um, so I'm trying to keep the longer view in mind. Um, it sucks for, I, I felt so bad for these 900 people who got let go, like during a pandemic. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I it was from a cross there. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm not happy, but I'm a little happier to hear that than it was this many yeah. DC. And if, if there's an and, you know? I did feel a little bit better. It's weird. I felt better that it was like the entire company and not just DC. Yeah, they weren't they weren't gutting DC because it's a failure. Right. They were gutting the were, entire organization. Yeah, and and also too, I had read I had read a couple of like insider garbage or, or trade stuff about this is not this isn't a reaction to COVID nineteen or the pandemic. Right. It was exacerbated by it. Right. So right. these are things that were kind of in the works anyway. A consolidation of like. The, the moving of, of distributors was part of it. Like the idea of we're bringing more things in house and we're making sure that they're consolidated across the board. It's not something that was never going to happen. It's something that was just kind of right. quickened right. Or, or exacerbated by the needing to tighten money now. 
but the whole the whole point of of AT&T's acquisition was about being unified and right. and codified and focused. That does happen yeah. when one company acquires another, and it's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Which I, you know, I I never was super stoked about that. No. I'm even less so now. Yeah. But on the other hand, maybe these cost cutting tactics are what's going to keep the company there. If it yeah, if it allows them to be successful and refocused, it could help the retailers ultimately by producing more product that the consumer can, you know, yeah, right. That's true. You know, who knows. Also, a lot of like so it, it, there's been no the the lowest on the totem pole that I've seen it affect is letterers. Yeah. But I've not seen anything about writers or aside from books being canceled. Yeah. No writers or on staff have been like straight up fired. Hmm. They're not they're not letting go staff on the talent level. It's like from from production on the letterer end up. And that is a business which is interesting more than a creative decision. You know what I mean? Like you could see it that way anyway. Uh, yeah, it's it's very like I, I'm not exactly sure, and it wasn't just and it's like um, uh, I think the one that I read about was a, it was like a, a supervisor of letters, letters like a, a high level one, but the other ones are fine, and and also too they're talking about how it's it's happening. There, nobody got fired yesterday. They were informed like, like, yesterday. Yeah, that it's that no, like some of them are November. Like they're doing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it's 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 a uh, you're this there's no it's not it's not animus it's not yeah, you're all yeah. fired pack up your shit and leave it's more oh. we're making we're making yeah. your your positions redundant and it will not exist past November so you have the option to to continue your term mm. or leave I had no idea I had no idea about that I thought it was just everyone packed up their cardboard no, boxes and they skulked away to the to the no um, I mean some of some of them are a little I, I don't think all of them are till mid-november but a lot yeah. of them were so they like, these are like I had heard also that they got other employment and stuff absolutely yeah uh, and apparently they only have to give 60 days notice according to a certain law but they have given 90 days to dude. Oh, wow. That makes me feel so much better. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Of course. But it doesn't suck quite as much right. as I thought it sucked. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's, it's a nice thing for them to have done. Yeah. Kind of. Some, of the, some of the sky is falling chatter has been about how, see, I told you, comics are ending. See, right. see. Right, and it's right. like, Relax. chill the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Because this is, this, is, this is purely a business decision based off of overhead. Yeah, they have more overhead than profit across the board, and here's right. where it can. And and what tells you that too is it's not is is how it's handling the fact that they're giving people sixty to ninety days, letting them know that the positions are disappearing. Right. It's not a reactionary. We gotta go. You're all like you're all fired yeah. by by the end of this quarter. Yeah. I mean, a lot of companies have done that. A lot. This yeah. is more. This feels like a more long term strategic move as opposed to a reactionary we have to save money by the end of the year now yeah. go yeah, right. kind of move cool. action figure expert says speaking of the dc animated movies do you guys think that they might make more money most of them went to movie theaters instead of direct to dvd i like when they present it on a nice kind of Limburg or like a brie format 
I think is good for the for the direct to cheese, baby. Exactly, direct to cheese is my preference. Um, it, in seriousness, I doubt it. I think their model seems good now. They release the DVDs. The people who really want that buy them right away. People uh, then wait until they're available for rent, which is not too long, but long enough to make you have to wait. And then eventually they're on a streaming service. And I doubt that even even non-pandemic conditions, I doubt releasing them in the movie theaters would would be viable. I, I mean, they're they're barely profitable, right? Like those those direct like they cost uh, a couple million each, and they they about make their bank over like they're none of them are are like wild successes that would right, warrant right. uh a, which is a like, the cost of a theatrical well yeah. i mean I, nobody really uh, no not many people think about the cost of actually exhibiting something theatrically right. Right. for more than one night so some of them would get those like fathom events where it's just one night you get to watch the dc animated movie on the big screen Yay! Right, right. but it costs millions upon millions or dozens of millions of dollars to just put a movie in theaters. Millions and dozens of dollars. Well, I was, I, instead of saying millions and millions and millions no, and I millions know. and millions, I, was, I stopped and said dozens of millions. Although millions uh, of dollars is. And is then, small. and then all of that profit is shared with the exhibitor. Right, right, right. So it's, it's yeah. it is not, you, it's only worth it to put movies in the theaters when they're guaranteed to make you profit. Yeah. globally and these movies are very niche it doesn't make sense why can't things just exist and break even you know what i mean like you still everything works you still pay everybody that's you, my shop you know yeah and it, I mean, and it breaks even that's I it would, i would like you personally and everybody to make more money but um you know when we're talking about like if a movie comes out and it only made back its money well, like people still enjoyed it, you know. I know it's not as good as a hundred million dollars, of course. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, audiences find their way. It's yeah. I mean, I the know. very the very specific. Mo so they make profit because they have the model that they do, being rental and direct to video and streaming. Right, right. Because the streaming companies pay for the the license and blah blah blah. Right. The very specific market that he describes, it's the wrong content for that market to make right. profit. Right. It's it's not it's like saying well why can't, why can't we sell comics at the record. I don't know at the record store or or at the coffee shop why we can't what can we so we get more I'm like that's not the right potentially the right venue to move yeah. enough feet for the cost of putting them in X Y and Z you know what I mean like it's yeah it's about product in in its right format or, and that stuff probably just like increases engagement keeps fans happy getting very fan specific kind of things mm -hmm. and and also is an entry point for new you know like uh maybe some kids that wouldn't see it and so you, you profit in that way too that um you know keeps people around that uh, just as a reason why they would still be making them even if they're not the most popular things are you eating candy not a strawberry is what it looks like to me watermelon ah! is it the same watermelon you've been eating for like two weeks I hope so. Yeah, I regurgitate it. Do you guys remember yellow watermelon? Remember that? I don't fun. like watermelon. Oh, I love it, personally. Um, oh, may I? May I? Uh, a couple of things wrapped up. Can I just give a quick... All right. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., final episode of the series, happened this week. You I know, watched it. I'm did, on season uh, two. Season two was good. 
Um, nah, really. It was Agents of Shield was never a show that I was like, this is the greatest, and I've got to watch it. But it was always like a, all right, I want to watch another comic thing. Let's uh, yeah, a couple days later, let's watch Agents of Shield. You know, a few times was I actually anxious, but I thought looking back. It ended in a really good way. It was nice, and I'm glad that I, you know, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw all of it. Uh, what do you think, Noel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I skipped 90% of this season and just watched sure. the end. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they've been, they've been. I mean, it could have ended three seasons ago, and it would have been the same ending. Yeah, pretty much. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was consistent and it was solid. Yeah. It was never bad. Yeah, exactly. And, and Especially after season one. You know, that too really did grab me. And I like the whole thing about Coulson where May is like, he's he dies at one point, J.D., and then and then uh, May's like, no, you'll come back. Like, that's your superpower, is you come back to life. Um, yeah, he, and, he died like four times during the season. He's, he's yeah. an LMD now, so yeah. he's yeah, yeah, never yeah. going to die. Yeah, which I thought was cool. And I liked how they ended it. Uh, in, I mean, they ended that episode. I thought the epilogues to everybody were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't feel like a... It wasn't It wasn't a large, bombastic ending. It was more like... It felt like the end of a season, and then yeah. it had a coda. That's it. Yeah. Like, it yeah, just had a nice much. coda at the end. Yeah. And the final scene was cool, too. It was just fun, Coulson cool stuff you know yeah. something i forgot hadn't been in the show for a while i was like he started right. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was fine it was fine yeah um before we go into the one of the other things you want to robert monroe jr uh you prefer the dc animated movies uh yeah you know a lot of them are really really good i love justice league dark apocalypse war and just like they would not have done that in a theatrical release for one what? For the, for the audio version of the podcast, mm. Robert Monroe says, We prefer the DC animated movies to the live-action theatrical releases, and watching them since she was a baby has my daughter want to be an animator. That's awesome. That's dope. That's yeah, very cool. Also, uh, in my opinion, it's a real low bar to be better than most of the theatrical releases <laughs> from, from DC. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, I mean, it is a really low bar. I mean, were we all kind of like, ooh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, maybe this will be what I wanted from the Justice League movie. Yeah. Oh, it kind of was, you know. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, they're, you know, they get to do, you're not going to see some of those characters, as much as they use Batman and Superman, like, they also do stuff that is way more faithful to the comics on one hand, and on the other hand is just, like, showcasing stuff that you probably aren't going to see in, in a theatrical release anytime soon. And uh, I love animation anyway, so they're good. Hey! <laughs> Hi, Cooper! Hi, Cooper. Sam just brought the cat in. Hey, hey, Cooper! <laughs> You're so concerned. Uh, um, all right, guys. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, if, if you don't mind, uh, Stargirl also finished up, and it was and it was a fun season. Guys. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to... No, just like impression. Okay. I really enjoyed it, um, and uh, I'm, I'm pumped for season two. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, just great superhero kind of action standing mm -hmm. on its own. It's real uh, good. It was so much fun. And I, uh, since we spoke last week, have started and completed all of the available Harley Quinn episodes. Ah! And that show is, is so much fun. It's great. Right? Yeah. I watched, I watched the first two episodes. Oh, and... yeah. Okay. Okay. It's great. I don't... Okay. 
Yeah. All right. I'll keep trying. Uh, I mean, I was in it from from that moment moment one. So if you don't, you know, if you weren't grabbed already, I mean, you guys, you guys talked like you and Len or or JD and Len and yeah. even Brandon, I think, talked about how it's the funniest damn thing in the world and it's, it's so great. Wow. Alan, I, is I mean, Len. Len was over the moon for it. Yeah, it's yeah. So funny. It was cute. Yeah. I, was I never funny. laughed out loud. I was just like, that's cute. Um, which sometimes happens, actually. Uh, do you guys ever do that where you're like watching something that's funny or whatnot and you don't actually have to laugh out loud? You're just All like, that. oh, that's, th- that's. Sometimes just- for the funniest of things, I yeah. don't laugh. And I'm like, that was really funny. That was aw- what a great yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was just fine. Yeah. Okay. For me, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to keep. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be for me because <laughs> I'm tired of Harley Quinn. <laughs> uh, is there is there like a pivotal point that you guys remember? Like, didn't yeah. grab me right away, but sometimes it's say, like episode four is just fantastic. I like, just that... remember once they kind of <laughs> very minor, very very minor spoiler. Once she assembles a crew, yeah. I would say it really is Jeff. All right, cool. Because yeah. I I did not give two shits about her and Joker sparring no. at oh, all. Yeah, no, That's the first no. two episodes. I was yeah. just like, this is stupid. I don't really no. care about. Th- okay, oh, so actually, yeah, those are the first two. Episode three it sucked. Episode three takes it in the direction, but those two episodes were necessary for them to do the story. I like I like I like the ambivalence of. The only gag that I really, really liked in those first two two episodes was um, um, Ivy consistently and constantly trying to convince her over the course of like two years <laughs> in Arkham yeah. that he hates you. Right, he's not coming. He yeah. hates you. Look, yeah. he hates you. To me, that is the crux that of was the great. show. Yeah, if the crux that, of the if, show is the Harley and Poison Ivy best friend. Oh yeah. maybe something else that by the end relationship. Yeah. Great. Uh, that's the only thing that was mildly entertaining to me. Everything else was just like retread boring. Oh yeah, that was the whole show for me. Was like okay. their relationship and a little bit her just like so it took me an episode to get into the voice of Harley Quinn not being the one that's in my head when I think yeah. of Harley Quinn. But one strong? Uh, no, uh, Arlene Sorkin actually from Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tara Strong sounds so much like her that that's the only Harley Quinn that we've got. Wait a minute. Are you talking about Harley? Yeah. I thought Harley was Kelly Krakoa or something. Or no, no, no. He's talking about who used to play her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. The original. Uh, it's Cuoco, I think. Cuoco? From, from the show. The, the yeah. Awful, awful yeah. show. Um, awful. No, no. The original one. Christopher Lloyd's wife was the original version of uh, Harley Quinn. That was like sort of created with her in mind, I believe. But, um, yeah, that relationship, also the comedic stuff, stuff like, Clayface is, is hilarious. I like Clayface. That's Alan Tudyk, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Him and the Joker, which I didn't realize. Oh. I will, yeah. I will, I will get to the point where they bring in more of an ensemble cast, because maybe okay. that's where everyone fell in love with it. Or maybe you guys are so deep into the good stuff that you don't remember no, it was the so rough good. beginning. This yeah. was like last week. That you I watched all of it? Yeah. Yeah. I just kept going, and um, her relationships with the crew and Poison Ivy, and just her characterization, I just, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah I also uh-huh. like um, King Shark. King Shark is great. King Shark's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jessica Walters has a guest appearance later on. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. From uh, her development. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have no issue saying that I was wrong or that my opinion changed. It's just I tried the first two and I sure, I sure. was not. It, you know, I'm impressed. Yeah. I am I am slogging my way because Brandon keeps telling me about the Agents of Shield and how good it is and how good it is. And I'm on season two and there's like the sweaty wet guy. He's got the sweaty wets. What's his name? It's uh, Sky's dad. Oh, uh, Jekyll. Uh, or, uh, Hyde. He's Hyde. just always moist. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then the lady, the actress from, um, what is her name? Uh, Drea something from the, the HBO mob show. Drea DiMatteo? She's not on the show. Yeah, she is. Drea DiMatteo is in, is in season two, and she's one of the... The people that they set free, and she's got razor blades on the end of her fingertips. I have, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, my opinion is if you are not into it, don't keep watching this one. Like, the, that's my opinion. It never got great. It was always just solid. I love I love Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson. Yeah. Um, he was a little better as the put-upon guy in a world of superheroes, but he's... I thought so, yeah. Yeah. Better in the movies. Uh, uh, definitely. But he does... I think he recaptures some of that. Like, I don't think that every time I watch him anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's... it's If you're not into it yeah. now, just stop. It's fine. Yeah. There's a couple of, like, cool things that happen here and there, but... There's so many hot pizzas, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm the only. I think I'm the only person that like preferred the, the. I think my favorite season was the Ghost Rider season. Ooh, that was a good. And season. then yeah, the, yeah, and that's like three? season. I think it's four or five. Or uh, I don't know. Yeah, you could probably for that. It's not. Yeah, good. I mean, the, yeah, the Ghost Rider season, and then and then that season ends with they wake up in space. I'm like, oh, cool. Like yeah, the, yeah. the show is weird. It's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I would never, I would never ask anyone other than a diehard to give it a shot because it's it's a serviceable comic show. And if mm. you want a comic show, this will do it, for you know. It's also like the perfect example yeah. of how network television can ruin something that should be shorter. So like, yeah, it does. The last two seasons have been only like twelve to thirteen episodes. They're great. Yeah. Whereas. When it was like stretching twenty two to twenty four yeah. episodes a year, yeah. like it just gets stupid. And I did forget up until recently that Bill Paxton was the big bad for oh, like yeah, a whole season. Me too. Uh, it was awesome. And the Deathstroke stuff was kind of cool. And the oh yeah, I thought he was going to be a regular part of the team. Oh, not, not Deathstroke. Um, Deathlock. Sorry. Yeah. Ah. The guy from Angel. Um, I thought hey, he August was Richards. Be- yeah, season oh, one. Yeah, I hated. I hated Deathlock. I thought his his prosthetics were so bad. No. It comes back in like season three with uh, the whole yeah. Garrett Evan, Gep, yeah, Garrett, yeah. Garrett Garrett with, with Bill Paxton. Yeah, and it's cool. Nice. It's um, super like the whole cyborg kind of craziness and LM, like precursors and LMDs and all this. Yeah, shit. that stuff was cool. The mainframe was cool with LMDs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. On this episode of uh, the Cult Pop Podcast, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex. You can go to the Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and help out the show that way. Brian, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm at BrianLeadDesign.com and uh, just nowhere else, really, that you need to know. And Noel? Uh, you can just find me on social media. My hashtag is right there at Mr. Bartocci. 
B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Yeah. And, you know, social media. Hi. I'm sorry. I didn't. I still haven't ed- finished editing the last episode for audio. So I have to do that and this one this week. Oh. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Oh, 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 oh,